Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Who Can Convince You? I'm Luke. I'm Harry. And I have been good, thank you, Harold. How have you been? <laughs> I've been very well, thank you. Mm. Uh, would you like to do a quiz? Uh, that was pretty quick. <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? Well, I'd like to discuss the grass. Grass. At what level do you reckon uh, it is acceptable that you or, or sort of at what point do you reckon the grass needs cutting? Well, if you were to grab a thirty centimeter ruler mm-hmm. and go outside and put that on the uh, try try and find a good patch on of, a blade, a good blade. No, no, try and find a good patch of um, of the garden mm. where the grass is at its shortest. Right, right. Put the ruler um, like vertical, mm-hmm. so it's facing towards the sky. And you want to vertical, yep. And you want to grab a blade of grass, yep, and put it against the ruler, mm-hmm. and then measure that, yep, and then go inside, and really rethink about what you're doing, <laughs> um, and maybe just cut the grass whenever you feel like. It. If it's a sunny day, cut the grass. I'd say eight centimeters is right. the point that you need to start thinking. Well, maybe. You'd want to make sure you do it before, like, moss starts growing. It's a and, nightmare yeah, to get rid of. Yeah, and then of. you'll need to put that chemical down, and all the moss goes black, and you have to rake it all, then you get blisters, and it's all just a big mess. So I would advise eight centimetres, no more. If you were going to cut the grass um, over eight centimetres, do make sure there is good reason why you're doing that, e.g. raining, uh, the kids... I, I, one of the main reasons I find for cutting the grass is if you've if you planted grass seed, mm-hmm. it will not grow unless you keep it low. Right. Don't let it grow really. You know. Yeah. A lot because you've just I've seen people do that. It and it doesn't work, and no. then they wonder why is it not growing. Keep it short mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. until it is all. You know, the seed is yeah. taken to the whole area because otherwise you'll get like bull patches. Yeah, and and you, it's horrific. Yeah, you don't want that. Keep no. it low. Let the sun get on the soil. Keep it well. You know, make sure it's good, well drained, and well watered. Mm. That's, yeah, and then you know you should be fine. Should be fine. Yeah, and if the kids are wearing studded heels, keep them off. The keep grass. them off. Keep them off the grass. Keep them off. So, do you want to start off with a quiz? Go on then. turn to do the quiz this week mm-hmm. and i have chosen to go into the direction of fan made objects or items found on ebay nice now these haven't sold is there a reason they haven't? will do very 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 soon all oh, right okay um they're not on bid or anything it's just they haven't sold yet but i'd imagine with this broadcast with this podcast people will be right on it mm-hmm. they'll uh Straight in there. Yeah, so buy now, quick, quick, quick as you can. Um, So I will be doing these... No. (laughs) Horse. (laughs) I would like you to put these in ascending order from lowest value to highest. Every week we do the quiz in a different way. No, I always do it from lowest to highest. Uh, You have to be the different one and do it highest to lowest. Can I guess what these items are? 
Uh, yeah, you can do. I think I know what one of them is. So item A, what do you think that is? I think that is a Wirren. It is. So this is a fan-made, unofficial Doctor Who, the Ark in Space Wirren face mask, one-to-one. However, it needs to be restored. It does look as if there are areas of which improvements could be made. Um, if I were to describe this to our listeners, it would. It looks like it's uh, made out of paper mache. It looks like a banana, a green banana that's gone a bit weird. It does, and there's, yeah, and there's this, this weird growth um, around it, and then someone just put a bolt in the middle. Yeah, banana peeled. It's gone funny. With or, a, or mm. if anybody's seen the arc in space, it looks like the Wirren head. That's probably the easiest way to... It is one-to-one, but it does need restoring. So if you were to purchase this for... Uh-uh-uh. If you were to purchase this, you will need to restore it yourself, which begs the question, why is this on eBay in the first place? Well, you never know. You never Item know. B. I have no idea what this is. Now, this is a Doctor Who prop. Fan-made. Uh, I'm reading these titles off eBay, by the way. Uh, this is just how they were listed. Okay. So Doctor Who prop fan-made. Kazran... Sardic isomorphic weather control system. Does this ring a bell? Is it from the Seeds of Death? No idea. I've no idea what this is. No idea. It looks like a wardrobe on its side. A bureau. What's a bureau? Like a writing desk. Yes. Yes, it does. And you've got some pipes and valves. And it's Yeah, it's sort of... Bureau meets organ meets... Wardrobe meets shitty computer. Yes. In the middle. It looks great though. I don't know where the hell where, you yeah, put what it. What would you do with it? I have no idea. Um, I don't. From the picture, I don't even know how they got it in that room. Probably built the room around it. Probably. Yeah, you're right there. <laughs> Item C. Do you know what this is? It is a audio adventure now this is Doctor Who audio visuals volume 1 to 27 fan made stories ultra rare oh how I would love to listen to these uh, th- it does have a big description on the back it's it, like a DVD yeah don't read it uh... oh so it's made by British fans in the 1980s okay um I, I, you know what? I'd buy that just to see what the hell it is. I really want to hear it. I really want to hear it. Maybe you know if, what? We, if we can find a bit of it on YouTube, we'll put it at the end of the podcast. Or I might buy it. How much? Oh. Whee! Uh, and lastly, item D is a... Do you know what this book is? Uh, well, I'm assuming it's New Who because it's Time War. Yeah. Uh, this... Is it from Day of the Doctor? Um... The 50th? Or something? No, this is from an episode where... Oh, it's Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS. But where, where Clara finds the book in the, in the TARDIS library. Mm-hmm. And it's Doctor Who History of the Time War book, fan, made, prop, replica, old family Bible. It is. It looks great. It does look great. Is it a Bible? I would just, it probably isn't it. That's what it is. Is that blasphemous? I don't... I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Pass. <laughs> so, uh, I'll go through those again. Fan-made unofficial Doctor Who, the Ark in Space, wearing face mask one-to-one needs restore. 
Item B is Doctor Who prop fan made car no, Kazran Sardic Isomorph. Item B is Doctor Who prop fan made Kazran Sardic Isomorphic weather control system. Item C is Doctor Who Audiovisuals Volume 1 to 27 fan made stories ultra rare. And item D is Doctor Who History of the Time War book fan made prop replica old family Bible. I'm starting to think I should do my own titles instead of the title listings you know, on eBay. Because uh, these are getting really Some of hard. Some are wordy, Yeah. <laughs> right. So, lowest to highest, and please explain your answers. Price lowest to highest. Okay. I am going to say that the cheapest item we have here mm-hmm. is the book. Right. Okay. History of the Time War. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Only because I am assuming that the book... The Bible that it is, mm. a lot of the work is already done, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I would assume that it is just the centre graphic of the history of the Time War with the Gallifrey and, uh, you know, artwork yep. is just added in there and then they just vlog in the Bible. Right. Next up, I am going to say is the audio visuals. Okay. Um, I just think. Judging by our reaction, yeah, people will have a similar that they would think. Do you know what? If it's under fifty quid, go for it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Or you know, how under, much would you pay for that? How much would I pay for that? I'd pay forty-three pound ninety-nine if I had forty-three quid to spend on. Right. That. Okay. Yeah. Would you really? I'd. I'd really want to hear it. Right. Okay. Um. Then I'm gonna go for the Wirren head. Just because I think it's iconic, but you, what is it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's. I yeah, you, it's, it's very something specific. that you put in the bin. If it was a it? Dalek or a Cyberman, it's a bit more. Oh, you've got a Dalek. Oh, you've got one of those no, it's, robots. It's, yeah, but it's not though, is it? But that's what I mean. It's like if you had that in the in the front room and you had you had guests over, COVID secure, of course. You people would just think you've got a big green thing yeah it, it doesn't look great and then no it doesn't <laughs> and then uh, I'm going to get say the most expensive is the organ bureau weather control yeah it's got to be isn't it well if it's that size it's massive it's, the postage is going to kill you yeah so yeah so I'm going to go bible mm-hmm. audiobook wirren weather control panel alright I think you did I think I got it wrong you did yeah um, oh well oh well uh, so the cheapest item is actually the audio visuals no yeah guess how much Wait. 33 quid 4.99 all best offer with 97 pence postage and I got another little treat for you. What? As a consolation prize. It's a consolation prize, isn't it? No. It's not constellation, because it's... Constipation prize. Constipation prize. Um, I've actually ordered you this. Brilliant. It's on the way. Oh, we've got to listen to this. <laughs> um, I'm unclear as if it's like a CD that you get, or it's an MP3. I'm not sure. I'm going to assume it's a cassette. In any case, you will be able to listen to it. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) 
So I edit that. So I say thank. <laughs> Item A, right, is actually the next one. Okay, so the Wirren is. Yeah, that was a uh, out of order. <laughs> I was reading it. Uh, yeah, the next lowest priced item <laughs> is item A, which is the uh, yeah the Wirren face mask. Okay. And that comes in at twenty four ninety nine. Oh. Which thinking if it's just paper mache. Paper mache. And it's forty no, and it needs to restore. It's good, not bad. It needs a restoration. I mean, the more you... It's one of those where the more you zoom in, the more bad it gets. Yeah. It looks like the paint's chipping off. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I didn't get you that. <laughs> uh, and next lowest <laughs> value item is item D, which is the Doctor Who History of the Time Ooh. War book. Can I guess? You can guess. Uh, what was the... Where are 20... Uh, 24.99. I'm going to say... 48.50 try 140 pounds no yeah oh. 140 pounds somebody is rubbing their hands yeah. right now all best offer all best offer wow so you, you uh, but it doesn't end there even if you give them if you, even if you say right I'll give you 50 quid for it alright postage is 40 quid yeah where's it from UK 40 pounds yeah for a book yeah yeah that's not real. It, yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? Where like, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's valued at 140 quid, but I can give you it for a fiver. Yeah. What, the book it? costs nothing. Yeah. Mind you, don't they say in the uh, they say a family heirloom, don't they, in the book, in the description? Uh, family Bible. Old family Bible. Oh, so it's an heirloom. Don't want to part with it. Don't sell it then. Right, but you. But if you want to get rid of it, you defaced it with like time war and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's right, not okay. a Bible anymore. No. Um, so the most expensive is the weather thing. Yeah, how much do you think that is? 800 quid. No, 595 pound. All best offer. I mean, it'd look cool in the corner of your room, I reckon. You've got to have the decor. Yeah. It'd you... look great in my uncle's house. Mm, the feng shui. Oh, feng shui. Yeah, you need that. Um, What's I... that woman that comes to your house to tidy up? Oh, on Netflix. The, uh, yeah, the Japanese lady. Um, oh, I don't know. She's lovely, though. Yeah. I'd like her to come round to my house to clean up. Wow. <laughs> now my room's shit over, so please do come round. Um, well, that's uh, well, interesting, yeah, isn't it? I think that's the end of the quiz, really. A, that was a good quiz. I like those. Mm. Brilliant. Made. I, I hope we're not starting a theme here that we've got to buy an item every time we do the quiz. Well, it's your turn next week. Oh, shit. Skin. <laughs> Might just put this back on eBay and see how much I'm asking for it. You excited for the audiovisual? Yeah, it's I'm the really excited. It's ex the last one as well. It was the last one. I'm so excited. Are you really? Yeah. I can't wait. I actually ordered it while we were recording, so I didn't even give tips. So sucks to you lot listening <laughs> if you wanted that. Stick it up your ass. I enjoyed that. It's a good quiz. Uh, hi there, Who fans. That a little treat I have for you. Here, ultra rare. It's the fan-made Doctor Who audiovisuals volume one to twenty-seven. Yes, the full set on one DVD. Mm. The audiovisuals were an unlicensed series of Doctor Who audio dramas made by British fans in the nineteen eighties, featuring Nicholas Briggs as oh, the Doctor. God. Twenty-six audio plays were recorded and distributed on 
audio cassette between 1985 and 1991. Nicholas Briggs. A pilot in which the Doctor <laughs> Who voiced by Stephen Payne was recorded at Chris Corney's house in Hamble near Southampton in 1984. The first three seasons released in 1985 to 1988 were produced by Bill Baggs and the fourth and final season 1989 to 1991 by Gary Russell. Although the audio audios were a violation of copyright the bbc <laughs> chose to talk to look the other way many of those involved in the audio visuals went on to work in more professional licensed science fiction audio dramas either through bbc no bbv founded by bill bags or through big finish productions so this predates big finish this is like the origin of big finish i can't believe it's nick briggs which in 1999 began producing licensed Doctor Who audio drama under the guidance of Gary Russell. Nicholas Briggs has worked with, for both BBV and Big Finish as an actor and as a writer. He also worked on additional Doctor Who-related inspired productions for real-time pictures and, beginning in 2005, provided vocal work for the new Doctor Who series. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Isn't that amazing, though? So these are the... These are, this is the origins of Big Finish. Uh, yeah. Very rare. Well, I'm still excited. Less so that Nicholas Briggs is in it. So why? Oh, I don't know. I've had a conversation with a follower of ours about this. Right. Oh, I don't know. I d What's up with him? I don't know. I don't oh, know. wait, is he the one who like had a tantrum because someone said something bad about him? He didn't have a tantrum. He just dis he just didn't like that somebody gave a review of a story that he'd written and they didn't like it. I read that review and they were very nice, to be fair. They were lovely. They just said it's not one of the best ones, but <laughs> what? Should we just get on with it? Oh yeah. Well, I'm excited. And so am I. I don't know, Nick. We should Briggs, listen to it and have an episode of us. Maybe this will change your mind. Maybe. We should have a li episode of what? Us listening to it. That's Reaction. funny. That's funny. Bonus episodes. Brilliant. Let us know if you'd like that. Can we do that? Oh my, I mean, it's, mm. it's unlicensed. Yeah, but is it not copyrighted? I wouldn't have. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find I'll out. I'll give Nick a ring now. Yeah, give Nick a ring now. Um, tell him, <laughs> I know we have our differences, <laughs> but this is what we're thinking. Fuck off, Harold. Found out. Coming soon <laughs> from Big Finish Productions. I can't. I cannot bear to listen to that. What is that, Nicky Briggs? Yeah, Nicky, <laughs> N as we call him. Is that him? Yeah. Let's move on because I don't like this. This hate you have for him. Anyway. Okay, so it's my turn this week, and... No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Okay, so it's my turn first this week, and my story choice is The Nightmare of Eden from Season 17, Serial 4, broadcast from the 24th of November to the 15th of December 1979, 79. written by Bob Baker, Baker directed by I'm Alan Bromley. That. That's so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> Start again, I'm sorry. Written by Bob Baker, directed by Alan Bromley and Graham Williams. 
produced by Graham Williams, script edited by Douglas Adams, and the music is by Uncle Dud. <laughs> Uncle Dud. <laughs> it is four episodes long. Would you like a synopsis? Make it short. I have I've shortened it because it's horrendously long. All the others I could find. Oh yeah, you said last week that you wouldn't want to read it out. Yeah. So here we go. Two spaceships fuse in a hyperspace collision, and with the dimensional instabilities threatening everyone abroad. Abroad. <laughs> two spaceships fuse in a hyperspace collision, and with the dimensional instabilities threatening everyone aboard, it's fortunate that the Doctor, Romana, and K9 arrive to help. But when a crew member is found clawed by a ferocious creature, it seems there's something even more frightening stalking the corridors. But what can this have to do with a zoologist, Professor Trist, and his CET projection machine, and a planet called Eden? So, Nightmare Mm. of Eden. What did you think? Fair. I thought it was fair. Um... I enjoyed it, and it's quite fast-paced. Yeah. Um, not a lot of downtime, which I like in a story like this. Um, it was a base on the siege, and I've said my grievances with that um, in the past. But the what it is very, you know, trash. Some of the things with the special effects and stuff like that. I think crap is the word you're looking for, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, but no, it was. It was. It was good fun. Not sure for the whole family. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you what. Let's I don't have, know. Let's break down the story then, and we'll find out what, what do we... you think. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's pretty good. I've got very strong memories of watching this a lot as mm. a kid. Um, I had this on VHS, and I actually wore the VHS out watching it. And I've only got the case left because the tape literally just turned to shreds. Oh. So, uh, yeah, watch this one on, on BritBox. Um, I think it's pretty good for the most part. Mm. Um, obviously, there's a lot wrong with it. And a lot of the special effects are crap. And particular, Well, we won't go into the characters yet. We'll get to that. But there's a few members of the cast. Well, maybe not a few. One in particular who really brings this down. Should we get into it? Let's go. So, episode one. I've disposed with using the BritBox titles. Because I thought we could... I thought we should... We Fucking hell, can't speak. I thought we could expand on the episodes a little bit more. So, episode one. The Empress Cruise Liner comes out of hyperspace and collides with a small ship, the Hecate. A crew member of the Empress, Seca, is acting strangely. The Doctor thinks he knows how to separate the ships. Romana goes with Dimond, the captain of the Hecate, to the CET machine and we meet the dickhead called Trist and his assistant, who's got the personality of a dead frog, Della. Romana gets a love bite of death from the CET machine and the Doctor and Rig use K9 to cut a hole in the wall, revealing a mandrel, flailing his arms around. There's episode one. Is that a synopsis from Britbox? No. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> hey. Um, Seca. Yes. 
He's off his tits. He is. It's so funny. It's weird, isn't it? He's high as fuck. You can buy his autograph for 150 quid. Do I say to that? Is that all? <laughs> his Oscar is still in the post. Lost forever by Royal Mail. Mm. Um, yeah, so what do you think of the whole... The special, the special effects are awful. For one, all of the model work is done on video rather than film. Yeah. So it looks flat. Save on budget. Yeah. Always cheaping out. The thing is, though, if you're saving on budget Mm. and you're doing it on something like that, if it doesn't look as good or not, you know, it's close, but it's serviceable. Mm. But it doesn't. It just looks awful compared to all the film stuff. Yeah. Why bother? Why do it then? I know you've got to cut budget, but surely you can cut it somewhere else. I don't know if all the special effects are bad. I no. really liked when they go through the crystal. 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 Yeah. You know what uh, the end of episode three is it? Where a doctor in Romana jumped through. Oh, sh- jump through into the projection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, oh shit, that's cool. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not all bad. Um, but I agree with you. Yeah, but hang on. But when they Whoa. jump through the projection, yeah. The oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> When they jump through the projection, mm. that jungle set is behind that wall. I know. I know. But right. I'm not saying that was the special effect. I'm just saying that it was, you know, innovative. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that's how you save on budget. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Instead of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Instead of, uh, you know, they could have had that projection and had the doctor jump through, uh, green screen it, and, you know have an effect where he's phasing through the projection mm. uh, you know all this costly stuff and they didn't and I, I thought it worked, worked pretty well well we'll get to episode three so episode four <laughs> uh so what do you think of the main uh members of the crew at the minute so is rig is the main uh like the captain of the yeah, he's a little bastard isn't he? and there's secker who's the one who's pissed yeah he's a little bastard isn't he <laughs> Well, I tell there yeah, I think Rig's quite strong in this. I think Rick. he's pretty good. Yeah. And he has to play like three versions of the same characters, isn't yeah. he? So he's the straight one, then he's the one who's drugged. Yeah. And then he's the one who's like having a breakdown because he's off the drugs. Yeah. I think he does all three pretty well. He does. He does to be fair. Yeah, I think he's pretty strong. Um <laughs> the uh, I think when he realizes that they've gone into a ship in the first episode. Oh no! Yeah. Oh that's, no. That's pretty bad. Yeah. And then Seca gets up and he just turns the alarm yeah. off. You're right, Rig. Did you spill your tea? No, we, we, a chip just collided. Into, oh. Oh right. <laughs> oh no. Um. So what do you think of um, Tom Baker and Lala Ward as Doctor Who and Romana? Uh, Tom Baker's fun as ever. Uh, yeah. I think uh, he goes through some different motions in this. Where like he's either overacting, underacting, or just playing Tom Baker. This is getting to the point now, with season seventeen and particularly season eighteen, where he's just starting to stop taking it serious. Mm. And yeah, you can tell. I don't know whether he'd married. La- I don't think they were married by this point. Romana. Yeah. Mm. Um. But you can definitely tell when they were married. They're not happy because you'll find this out. Like he just refuses to look at her. In scenes, why like you just won't look at her because he just hates her when they're married. Yeah. Oh my god. He just doesn't look at her. Just won't look. 
no Why eye contact. Why are they married? Why? Yeah. Well, well it, supposedly, well, I think he just had an affair with her when they got married. Right. Even right. though she's the palest person I've ever seen. She's wow. so pale. Any pale? Wow, maybe she's a vampire. No, no, I think she she did play a vampire as well in her Hammer film. Really? I'm sure she did, yeah. If she was any paler, she'd be see-through. Like a baby fish. A baby fish. God's sake. Her costume is dreadful as well. I didn't really notice, to be honest. Oh, God, it's awful. It does her no favours. She's got great costumes as well. Because yeah. she was part of picking them. Mm. Um, I think that was one of her things. That Oh, yeah. Can I, can I pick the costumes? Mm. And she picks a grey postage bag. <laughs> postage bag. It's awful. It's really bad. It does her no favours. I think some of the other costumes are pretty bad in this. Well, I'm sure we'll get... I think I know which ones <laughs> you're on about. <laughs> so, um, yeah. What? Do, and then... So... Oh, fucking hell. Also, um, so... Shall we um, just... <laughs> hurry up. <laughs> Come on. So the Doctor knows how to separate the ships, and then we sort of get to meet Dimond, the captain, the captain, the captain, captain, the captain, captain, the captain of the Hecate. Yep. What do you think of him? I think he's all right. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. Moody little bastard. He is moody. Yeah. There's a lot of people like this in Doctor Who. <laughs> Feels like he should be played by uh, Prentice Hancock every time. Anybody moody yeah. should be Prentice Hancock. And then we get uh, we go to the CET machine with uh, Trist. Now I like Trist. Could you? Uh, why? Um, I'm not too sure why. I, I just think he's funny. I think he's pretty dreadful. He's funny though. Uh, yeah, but do you, uh, <laughs> as the role, yeah. Do you think he's good? No, no, good. Utterly unconvincing, but it's funny though. And uh, I'm assuming is is it Dutch that he's trying to be? I just thought he was German because it just tends to be the stereotype, you know, of. Like a Nazi Bond villain. Yeah, like a Nazi in the war, like doing experiments and stuff. But it's... I don't know what it is. I I thought it was sort of Dutch. Could be. Argentinian. <laughs> don't it? And those glasses. Not Argentina. What is it? Argentinian. Where Hitler's from? Austrian. Austrian, that's yeah. the one. Um, <laughs> yeah, Trist's glasses are dreadful. And why is everybody dressed up like a sort of... There's no sort of theme to any of the costumes, no. is there? Or the set. It's... I don't it's know. It's all very thrown together. Yeah. And yeah. then... Mm. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then, we, well, we get the reveal of the mandrel at the end of episode one. Mm. What do you think of the uh, the main villain? Crap. <laughs> they are, aren't they? <laughs> What are they going to do? They, I think they'd have been all right if they weren't in a bright corridor. I think this would have been a perfect opportunity to introduce an idea like Moonbase, where there was an infection going around and obviously all the passengers might get infected and then the whole fear is that these passengers are going to go back to where they came from and spread this virus on Earth. However, we just got these guys in, in mm. costumes. Um I thought that might have been a more interesting idea. And much cheaper, because you don't have to have monsters in it, if they want to save on budget. Also have the drug as the monster. Um, The drug, yeah. Um, 
well, like you have that, I don't know what it'd be like a pathogen coming out. Because uh, mm-hmm. that white orb bites Romana, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. At the end of episode two? Well, that was supposed, yeah, no, end of episode one. Oh, okay. Um, that could have been an infection from Eden. Yeah. Um, and I don't know where the drugs are coming to it. Just... It's, it's supposed to be a moth. I, yeah, it is, isn't it? And she reacts to it like it's a moth, but... Yeah. What do you think of Romana? She's all right, yeah. I like Romana. Yeah, she's... Well, she... Romana 2, this is. Hey. There's a Romana 1, and she regenerates, because she's a time lady. Right. Because I was wondering when uh, she'd have these little outbursts of genius. I was like, oh. I have no idea who Romana is. Yeah. So I just thought she might have been another, like... Um, I can't remember her name. The Doctor's granddaughter. Oh, Susan. Yeah. Um, or oh, there's another oh. companion as well uh, who's like really, really smart. Uh, oh, Zoe. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, doesn't. I don't know. She didn't. Again, just one of those companions that isn't like a standout. Wow. Do you like um, how Ace is is always you know such a strong character? Mm. Um, and I think what I mean by that is. I'm guessing like kids watching her may look up to her and you know she has a character that you might associate yourself with you might relate with but I don't know who would with Romana she's just a a time lady I really liked Romana growing up I think she's uh, most memorable for me anyway I don't even think character wise I just remember like the look of Romana is in Destiny of the Dead Destiny of the Daleks, mm-hmm. where she's got like a, a pink version of Tom Baker's costume on. Mm-hmm. That's what I remember. She's got um, yeah, she's got a couple of different outfits. She wears like a riding outfit in. I can't think what it is. In a story that I've completely forgotten. But yeah, I think she's great. I really like Romana. Mm. Lala Ward. Lala. Lala. <laughs> Uh, if anyone's called Lala, sorry, Lala. Is it Lala or Lala? Lala, Lala. I think she. What is she as well? Lala Ward. Oh, it doesn't matter. So, episode two. Rick scans the ship for Vrax, but nothing shows up. Della goes to get a drink for Romana, and someone spikes a drink with Vrax, but Rick takes the cup. Mm. The Doctor expresses his concerns about the CET machine to Trist. A strange man appears wearing stupid silver suit. And runs away. The doctor chases after him. Rig is off his tits on Vrax now, laughing at everything. Triss tells Della that he thinks the dead crew member Stott was smuggling the Vrax. Keep that in. Yeah. <laughs> I think Stott was smuggling the Vrax. He died. But how? He died. He died. Yeah, how did he die? He he died. He died. I don't know. He died. So episode two. Um Trist del fucking hell. Trist tells Della that he thinks their dead crew member Stort was smuggling the Vrax. He then tells the doctor that Della is is in on the on on the Vrax. Just say it normally. Fuck. In <laughs> is in on the Vrax smuggling. We then meet the bondage police, Costa and Fisk. What are you laughing at? Just Fisk. And the Doctor and Romana jump into the CET machine. Come on. 
come on. And then they jump, and it's not switched on, and they just smack into the wall. Mm. That. Yeah. Boom. Is that the summary done now? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so you were laughing your head off about Fisk. What's up with Fisk? I think I just think they're terrible. The uh, the customs and exiles, <laughs> dreadful. Come on, come on. Oh, just uh, I love their outfits. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. They're all glittery and lovely. Oh, it's dreadful. Oh, I love them. They look. Oh no, it's terrible. It's so funny. Um, I don't know if they're supposed to instill fear. No, but. <laughs> When I see him, I just want to party. Party? Yeah. Um, I will say, you know that opening bit where Riggs scans the ship for Vrax? Yeah. It takes ages. Yeah. As it just sort of pans across the ship and we just keep looking back at the Doctor, looking at the screen. Mm-hmm. Then we cut back to the screen and it's still going across. Well, there's the front section done. It's back section. Waiting, 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 waiting. Nope. That's the middle right. section done. Yeah. <laughs> right, we'll just do the cargo there. Yeah, it just goes on for too long. It was on the passenger section. Oh, no, I'll do that now. Waiting, 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 waiting. Um, Della gets that drink for Romana because she's uh, been bitten by the moth. And somebody spikes a drink. How do they get inside the coffee machine to spike it? How? Unless they uh, used a really thin needle to put, you know, those little milk cartons. Yeah. I love them. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure and, and, you know, you can keep them in the box for years. Well, yeah, but you see his hands, don't you? Yeah. Doing it. Yeah. So you must be in the coffee machine. I don't know what he did. Just fiddled with it, didn't he? Yeah, just chuck it in. Yeah. Reach it. Like, I think that's in. I mean, when I worked at Costa, it was quite easy to poison someone's drink. <laughs> <laughs> Never did it, but you can see how someone could. Um, uh, Sekka, what happens to him? Uh, he gets bitten by the mandrel, doesn't he? Uh, does he? Well, he walks into <laughs> he walks into the smoky bit. Yeah, where the ships have fused. Yeah, yeah. mandrel gets him. He gets taken to the medical bay, but he doesn't make it, does he? No, he doesn't make it. Uh, I don't know what the mandrels do to people. It seems like they just... Just rag them. Just, like, rub against them a bit, and then they die. They just rag them, don't they? No. Oh, right, okay. There's one. I can't remember he died, but... Oh, it's when, uh, you know, um, where the police are escorting them. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, And they yeah, keep yeah. stunning them. And every now and again, one of the mandrels will turn around and say, oh, I'm not a big fan of this. Yeah. Like, Could you stop that, please? Pack that in now. You go forward now. Get in your cage. And then one of them managed to actually kill one of them. The guy in the orange jumper. Bastard. And he just falls over. And, oh, no, he's dead. I thought he was going to get back up. No, he's dead. Oh. And the police just look at him like, oh, okay. Keep going. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> Shit. Tom Bay comes out like a pie piper. Someone wrote that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Sek is my favourite, by the way, in this whole story. He's only in it for the beginning. Yeah, but he's still funny, though, isn't he? He's just off his tits. Well, he has a he has a breakdown, doesn't he? Really, as um, when Tom Baker asks him to take him to the where did they go? Power room. Yeah. Okay, well, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. It's over there. 
runs away. Did someone give him that or did he just start taking it? I'm assuming he just started taking it. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, Costa and Fisk. Hmm. What do you think? I've already said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... Well, let's just do episode three. Should do episode three? Yeah. Just skim through. The Doctor and Romana find out that Stort is actually alive. Gosh. And they head to some kind of metal hut that's just there. Uh, when they're in the CET and they find Scott, Stort. <laughs> just call him Scott. They find Stort. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? In in the projection. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just there, is it? Yeah. Okay. Stott explains the light off as well. I'll be back, so I best you know, save on the energy bills. Stott then explains that he's actually an agent for the Space Corps. Back on the Empress, shit is hitting the fan as the mandrels are just fucking rampaging through the passengers. Yeah, I don't give a crap. Uh, the Doctor is working on separating the safe. Oh, I put the Doctor is working on separating the shits in the power room. <laughs> there's a good five shits and he's working on trying separating to them separate them so they're all equally proportioned yeah so the doctor is working on separating the ships in the power room a mandrel attacks the doctor and smashes the circuit that he's been repairing and it turns to vrax dust romana goes to power up the empress but is threatened by starbucks i mean costa the doctor romana and K9 all power on at the same time everything shakes and the doctor turns blue and disappears. A little dad joke, that wasn't it? Yeah, for the that dads. Looks. Yeah, for the dads. Um. Okay. Don't ask. What do you think? So, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so, start. 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 Is actually alive. Mm. Nice twist. I think it's good. Yeah. We didn't know. We well, it's him, isn't it? That's been running around. With the doctor, and the doctor's been chasing him. Yeah, the guy uh, in the silver suit. Yeah, because he he says who's the guy he? in the silver suit with the the white glasses? Him, right? But then he ran in back into the projection. Runs back in, yeah. Why did he come out? Just to sort of see Della, because they're at it, aren't they? Oh yeah, they are. They're that's at it. Uh, that's um, <laughs> that's Trist's suit. Uh, Trist's assistant. Assistants. Lover, yeah, right. It's uh, when the mandrels attack the passengers. Yeah, you know that one lingering shot that we get on a woman's face mm. looking at like it's dreadful. I love the passengers. Oh, why are they so they're wearing that those protective things? Yeah, why is none of the crew wearing them? Um, I think it's one of those where like you know turn off your mobile phones and yeah, and you don't have to do anything, but you feel a lot safer when you've done it. Uh, right. Yeah, I think it's one of them. A placebo. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and everyone's got their sunglasses on. I love how, do you know when uh, the Doctor's chasing? And they go through the room and then go through it again. And it's the same people over and over and over again. <laughs> and then this one woman stands up and says, I want my money back. She doesn't say that, but I have a jelly baby. Don't, do that. Don't forget to brush your teeth. Don't forget to brush your teeth. Aye. Aye. <laughs> so... Uh, so we find out that the Vrax is actually the Mandrels. Vrax. 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 Vrax Owen is actually the Mandrels. 
Who's Vrax? The drug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a character. Um, I think that's a pretty good reveal. And the effect is great. Yeah. Where the mandrel bubbles. Yeah. And then the residual is the drug. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, I think I think that reveal's great. Um, you got, yeah, you got a couple of good reveals in this. Yeah, like when uh, Diamond, Dimond, Dimond, <laughs> Diamond, <laughs> Neil. Yeah, <laughs> the lover. Yeah, yeah. Start not when Dimond he, when he's looking through the trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a shifty shit. It's a bit creepy that. Yeah, I like you know when they're in Eden as well. Mm-hmm. That's on film, isn't it? And it looks great. Yeah. Like all of the bits of Romana and the Doctor before the Doctor gets the tentacle wrapped around his leg. Now, if I was producer mm. for Doctor Who back then, I would make sure that all the stories for a season, maybe even the next two seasons, were written and done. So, if we were in a jungle, then I'd know, oh, we probably need this for Eden in next series. So we'll get that film and done now. Right. Does that not just make sense? Yeah. To save money. Yeah, I suppose. But they don't have I don't think they have that much disposable budget to sort of do it all in one go. It's like episode by episode. I know, but that's how you lose money. Well, we can't change time. No, we can't change time. Aye. Ah well. Um Yeah, there's not a lot that goes on here really, is there, in episode three. Now, you know is it Rig who's in the forest? Start. Fucking <laughs> hell. Everybody's Stott. in the forest in your story. You know Stott. Yes. In the, not Scott, Stott. Stott. He's in the forest, right? Yeah. I was thinking this is very much like Jumanji. But good. And I had a look at when Jumanji was written, and that's 1981. And this was filmed in 1979. Wow. So I reckon Jumanji came after this. <laughs> my hypothesis um yeah i'm trying to think what ex- what else actually comes up so we get we get the sort of um stop starts explaining that it's trist is being a bit dodgy yeah he's not a big fan of trist he isn't um why wasn't the story two parts <laughs> <laughs> well let's do episode four all right then uh, so Romana tells Della that Stott is alive. The Doctor wakes up on the Hecate and discovers that Dimond is in on the drugs. Dimond returns to the Empress and the Doctor holds his breath. And then he moves across. Mm. <laughs> uh, Tristan Dimond are the drug smugglers and they escape to the Hecate. The Mandrels are shepherded back into the CET. The Doctor allows them to make a transfer and puts Trist and Dimond into the CET machine where they can be arrested. And the Doctor and Romana then take the crystals to return them to their planets. Hey. What are you thinking? No, you, you guide me through the episode. It's your episode. Uh, so, what are you thinking? What are you th- <laughs> um, I think the end of the story is tied up quite nicely. Do you agree or? I've got a question. Go on. You know when the Doctor in episode three. Yeah. Um. At the end of episode three, he, he disappears. Yes. What happens? Is it because the 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 ships are dislodging? And yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In the middle of it. Yes. Right. 
They just need the cliffhanger there, don't they? Yeah. Because he just comes back anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not dead. Don't no. worry. Don't worry. Doctor mm. Who's not dead. Oh. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about K9. Yeah. He's not even in the cast, actually. He is. Yeah, I know, but you haven't written him in the cast. I have. No, you haven't. Yeah, I have. Where? Third one down. Oh, voice of K9. Yeah. All right, sorry. Well, nobody's in it, are they? Yeah. Who? Um, Jackie Tyler. The voice of K9 is not John Leeson, so it doesn't sound right at all. It's David Brayley. It is, and <laughs> it's not very good. And it is very unlike K9 in this episode because it's argumentative. Affirmative. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big fan of K9 anyway, I don't think, uh, really. Nah, he's a little bastard. I don't like him. I don't trust him. It's you just... know when he, he pushes his tongue out and it's just like big, um, like aerial coming out? Yeah. <laughs> creeps me out that. Does it? Yeah. Especially oh. when it goes to just over 30 centimetres and it starts bowing because yeah. of the weight. I'm like, nah, I feel queasy now. I skipped it. It's, um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of K9. For me, it's always felt like a bit of, it's a get out of the jail card, yeah. isn't it? Like a, just another thing. Like with New Who, you've got the psychic Ooh, paper. It's for the toys, isn't it? For the merch. Yeah. For the merch. No, I'm not a fan of K9. I'd rather a dog. Just a dog. And I, d- I hate that they give it, they do dog references all the time. Mm. Like with the whistle. I suppose that's okay because it's like a hypersonic, mm. it's, you know, a high frequency, isn't it, that we can't hear. But the whole sort of, you know, scratching his, behind his ear. Well, I dog. reckon this story is a drug bust because it is. And for a drug bus, you need a dog. That's what K9 is for. Yeah. And um, I think as drugs go, I want to try this one. Vrax? Yeah. You want to give Vrax a go, do you? Yeah, because Tom Beaks says it was deadly and stuff, but they always say that when it's really good shit. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we didn't actually see anyone die from it. It was only like Seca didn't die from it. He was lo- like he was loving life. Uh, this, well, I suppose Rig, his come down was awful. <laughs> he's not. He's not having a good time. Is no. He? So the come down, I think, is bad. But um, I think if you're surrounded by good people, it'd be a good time. Um, but it, like, especially in like Seca's case, he had a bad trip. Yeah. <laughs> Awful, really bad, bad. experience there. <laughs> yeah, it's um, <laughs> real bad trip. Um, what do you think? I reckon. Like... I reckon Tom sniffed some. Uh, well, Tom Baker. I think I reckon he likes he a, a drink vi- as well. Yeah, he had a vial of it in his pocket <laughs> the whole time. And when the police asked him, like, I haven't got, I've got I'm nothing got a, on me. Yo, and they say, "What's that?" And you, when you're scanning him with a pipe. Yeah, what's that? Vraxoin. Well, it's, oh, come on, it's Vrax, come on. Like, uh, Tom. Come on, we all know Tom. Tom. Uh, mandrels, uh, what? The, uh, come on. What? I wish they secreted something out of their teeth. That's how they got <laughs> the Vrax. That's how they got the Vrax. Because that would have made more sense. Like the like the bat milk in Caves of Androzani. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, um, but we don't get that. We don't. So yeah, so I think overall, like, what do what do you think of the plot in general? On its own, no, it, without no, the it's, production, it's pretty good. To be fair, I like, do like it. You got a couple twists in there. Yeah, um, I think the characters are serviceable. I think. Yeah, the characters are all right. I think yeah. it's the portrayal that isn't great, no. especially Trist. Trist is dreadful, and the glasses don't help. 
He looks like somebody, and I can't put my finger on who he looks like. I was the same. I t- Himmler? <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, it's just a comedy. Like, everybody's playing it differently. Yeah. Uh, this is just before Tom Baker starts to, you know... They had a real interest. big fall-in, fall-ins out over this, didn't they? Everyone on set. Well, yeah, so Eden was notoriously difficult as a production. The cast and the crew hmm. completely just disagreeing with everything Alan Bromley, the director, was saying. What he was, was, he was, was an he old saying? school director. So it was sort of, well, we're doing it my way. Yeah. Or the highway. Right. So he just refused to do anything that would just make everybody's lives easier. You know, and I think he was pretty old at this point as well. So he was like, you know, yeah, it's I've done this for years. I'll do it. And he was sacked midway through right. because he was doing everybody's head in. Like, <laughs> sacked. Can't deal with That's this. Amazing. So, look it off. I thought. Well, he wasn't sacked. He was offered to leave. Sacked. Yeah. So Bromley resigned halfway th- or partway through. I'm not quite sure how far in. So producer Graham Williams had to finish it himself. So, and it was this that uh, this incident which convinced Graham Williams to leave the show at the end of the next season. Ah, uh, they well at the end of this season, and we're not far off that to be honest. So, yeah, at the end of the shoot, uh, all of the crew members were given T-shirts saying, "I'm relieved the nightmare is over." We should get one at the end of this podcast. Oh yeah, we should. According to the visual effects designer, the assistant floor manager, and oh sorry, according to the visual directs, fucking hell. According to the visual effects designer and the assistant floor manager, Alan Bromley, the director, just didn't know how to direct the program efficiently and wasn't interested in learning whatsoever. So it's just, just a cock. Yeah, just a dickhead. I would argue that the last two parts were actually better than the first two. So, yeah. A long-time veteran of the programme flatly called it, without doubt, the most disastrous Doctor Who I've ever been involved with. <laughs> ah, well. Until. Until. So, when uh, when we see the clips of the CET machine, you know, when we're cycling through the planets, mm. we're supposed to believe that there's a lot of planets because they're cataloguing everything in the universe there, aren't they? Mm. But there's only, like, eight settings. Eight planets. Yeah. Was... The whole universe. And you just put them on four, eight, whatever they are. It could be like... Come on, come on, come on. I need to answer someone's question. Um, yeah, so the, 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 the reason for that is because um, those eight planets are actually um, uh, like Earth. Like the main planets oh, in right, the galaxy. Okay. Um, and you might be you know, wondering... Why are there only eight galaxies uh, in, in the universe? And to that... Eight galaxies in the universe? Yeah. Oh, right, okay, understood. And obviously there's a lot more. Um, but... What time is it? But that'll be it, yeah. Thank you. Oh, thanks for that, Brian Cox. Um, if you put up a 20 pence piece up into the sky... It's fantastic. Hey. So... I'd like to touch on the music. I love the music. It's brilliant. It's the first thing we hear. <laughs> Shall I do it? Yeah. Again. I'm, uh, my Come on. 
It's a great theme, that. Brilliant. It doesn't work. The thing is, though, when we first see it, it's really out of place. I thought I was watching Blake 7 or something. Well, same music, same guy, Dudley Simpson. Oh. Um, you impressed by that? I am impressed by that. You, you haven't Googled it, have you? No. Uh, it feels, when we first hear that theme, the da-da-da-da-da-da one, yeah. it feels really odd hmm. because it's just this effectively a bus in mm. space full of people. Mm. It's not doing anything. No. <laughs> bus. But where it does work is where the ships separate and then we hear it again because mm. it's a bit it's quite triumphant that isn't yeah. it the theme so I think it works really well there and the music in general I think is really good yeah. I'm a massive Dudley Simpson fan and a lot of people aren't oh really yeah I don't, I don't think Dudley really gets you know a lot of credit but I just think he's great what's his score out of oh <laughs> let's do a poll for Dudley <gasps> okay let's do that but I was wondering what his credit score is what do you mean? Because you, you said what's his credit? Oh, for God's sake! For the dads, for, for the, the dads. dads, for the dads. It's yeah. I think it's a real shame that he got booted by John Nathan Turner, hmm. who's just, uh, the showrunner for the eighties. Yeah, I never liked him anyway. <laughs> but yeah, he's so he did three hundred and ten episodes, I think, Dudley, hmm. of music. Three hundred and ten episodes of music. Wow. That's, that's, all, that's six, almost all of his. That's 62 stories yeah. whilst doing other stuff as well. That's ma- the majority of Who, isn't that's it? A lo- that's a big chunk of yeah. Who. He started in Hartnell. I think his first one's Planet of the Giants. Planet of Giants. Um, And he runs after that. 300 episodes, 62 stories. And I think whilst doing other things as well. I just think Dudley's fantastic. I think his music's great. Mm. So he started with Planet of the Giants, I think. I think that's his first credit. And then it's sporadic, and then it picks up, and then really, by the time we get to sort of the end of uh, Troughton, he's pretty much straight through to the end, to the 80s. Oh, really? Yeah. Near enough every story. Because that's something I am picking up on. Watching these later classic Who mm. series is, is 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 the music. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, did he do the one we did last week, the greatest show in the universe? No, that was Mark Ayres. So you know what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the eighties, it's a variety of people. Mm. But um, yeah. In this period, it's most likely that it's going to be Dudley. Do you reckon you could compose an episode? Yeah, I'd, yeah. I've hunted. It, it's not possible because a lot of Dudley's scores, the music is stuck yeah. on, so you can't remove it at all. Like It's just stuck there, which is why I think there's not a lot of releases of the music. So there's the, there's the really rare CD that I've hunted for for years. What's it called? The CD is called... Uh, Pyramids of Mars. It's a silver screen uh, release. And it's the music of Dudley Simpson for f- four episodes, four stories or five stories. It's on eBay. For a horrific price, probably. 60 quid. Bidding. No, buy it now. Is it? 
Doctor Who Pyramids of Mars, 1993, silver screen. No. Extremely rare Tom Baker. It's really rare. You can't find it anywhere. Well, I've just found three of them. Really? Yeah, two for 60 quid and one for 99.99. But yeah, you know, I think the the body of work... Do you want it? Well, yeah, I do want it. Send it me. Send me the link. I bought you. No. Yep. No, you haven't. Yeah, I have. No, don't do it's that. Bought. I'll send you the money. So... You won't. When we... It's signed as well. No. No, it's not. By Dudley. Uh, well, it's best offer, so shall I make an offer? Give, give him an offer. Uh, shit. $49.99. I made him offer if he accepts it. And yours. I didn't check if that was scratched or not. <laughs> CD plays perfectly and is in good condition with surface marks that do not affect play. The artwork is in very good condition with minimal wear. Must have for any Doctor Who fan. This is a very rare and sought after item. It is. Used to go for hundreds of that. Really? Yeah. I think somebody found a couple more of them. <laughs> Chucked them out on eBay. So, yeah, I think it's it's a shame with Dudley's stuff that more of it doesn't exist isolated, because um, it's all stuck to the stuck to the original soundtrack. So I think there's about five stories that I think you can get the isolated music for. The Sunmakers, Brain and Morbius. There's a couple, maybe the Ark in Space, but um, yeah, I just think the body of work is enormous. Like how much stuff he did. That's that's really tough going. That is, especially when no one likes you. Well, yeah, I don't know what people thought at the time, but I'd love to know what people think of Dudley. I yeah. like him. I th- I just think he's excellent. Mm. And I've just downloaded the Mythmakers um, documentary. Let's say documentary interview with Dudley. Mm. God, his career is mad. Like, so much stuff. It's so interesting to watch. And he seems like the nicest bloke in the world. Is he alive? He's, no, he's, he died. Oh. I don't know when he died. Quite a few years ago. But he's great. Legend. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Dudley Simpson. There's a, there's a chap. Oh, his name completely escapes me now. That's got a YouTube channel, and he is um, transcribing all of the Dudley stuff for mm. piano. And he's got an episode out on every, so far, as far as he's got up to, on all the Dudley scores. But yeah, I've got ultimate respect for Dudley. I think he's great. And in the Myth Makers documentary, he, he just comes across as the nicest bloke in the world, and his career has been was just huge. You know, as piano player, as a conductor, you know, and he had five, uh, five instrumentalists for all of his scores. Normally, I think that was the thing. So there's five people playing on the score, which is great. You know, get as big a sound as possible for as little money as you can. Mm. I just think he does a great job. It's just great. And but like I was saying about the YouTube guy, his series is called Dudley Simpson is Doctor Who. And funnily enough, Tim, when we did the, funnily enough, the bloke, the YouTube chap that did the Dudley Simpson music stuff, his channel is called, uh, uh, or the series, sorry, is Dudley Simpson is Doctor Who. But weirdly, like Tim says exactly the same thing when we did the bonus music episode. Tim says that Dudley Simpson, that music is Doctor Who. Mm. And I completely agree. 
Dudley's music is so much part of the of Doctor Who. And I think it's the thing that I miss most. I love the 80s stuff, the synth stuff. But Dudley's stuff especially, even his primitive, you know, early synth stuff. I just think it's great. I'd have loved to see if he'd have been kept on for another couple of seasons. I'd have loved to see what he'd do in the 80s, you know, with more advanced polyphonic synths and stuff. I just think it'd have been so interesting to hear what he'd have done. Uncle Dud. It doesn't have a light to uh, worry gold, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, should we should we wrap up uh, Nightmare of Eden? On a scale of one to ten, how much you love Dudley? Uh, ten out of ten. Brilliant. Yeah, I think Dudley is fantastic. How tall old is he? I don't know. He's Australian as well. It's got nothing to do with his height. Offer accepted. Pay now. No. You want it? Brilliant. Are we keeping this in? Yeah, I'm going to pay now. So in this podcast, I bought two things. <laughs> How long have you wanted this for? Years I've, I've hunted for it. Well, you got it now. Brilliant. Excited. I'm very excited now. So yeah, out of 10, Dudley is a, is a 10 out of 10 for me. What do you think of what you've heard so far of Dudley? Um, I think Dudley is um thumbs up from me. Mm. I don't know. I'm not like big into music. All I know is that I like what I heard in this episode. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to spend 20 minutes talking about Dudley and his life. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, I think he's good. Yeah. I'd, l- I'd love to do a bonus episode on Dudley sometime. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. Me too. Um, you, got, you got Tim's number, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can phone Tim. No, honestly, I loved your bonus episode with Tim. Oh, and my... I would love a part two with Dudley Sin- Not with Dudley with... But talking... <laughs> Everybody get hold hands around the camera. God's sake. Oh, poor Dudley. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, Dudley's great. But I'd love that, if you could yeah. arrange that. All right. I pretty much have paid for it, haven't I? So Let's do it. Let's do a bonus episode on Dudley. So, overall thoughts. Overall thoughts. For the Nightmare <laughs> of Eden. Of course. Your thoughts. Not do that, that story. again. Do that again. So overall, so overall thoughts on the Nightmare of Eden. What do you reckon? Um, I think it's as run of the mill as Doctor Who. I've. I think it's a run of the mill Doctor Who story. Yeah. Um, and I've not seen one that is as bland as this one. As in, you know, it's quirky. It's very yellow. It's very yellow. It's very, you know, it's a bit quirky. It's a bit bland. It's it's a good story, but yeah, it's got some plot holes. Baker's good, but he's not excellent. Everything's just run the mill, bit in middle of the road. So I'm gonna go red. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go amber. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go amber. Okay, amber. That's fair. I'd it's, say. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. What somebody said. Yeah, it certainly was enjoyable. Yeah, somebody said I can't remember who it was, so it's pointless. But somebody said it's crap, but it's really enjoyable crap. Mm. And I agree. I've got a lot of fond memories of this story. So I'm going to have to go green. I think the story is good, Mm. as in the plot. I think for the most part, most of the actors are pretty good. I think Tom and Lala at this point are are great together. Tom hasn't is still taking it seriously. But it's starting to slip. 
it feels at this point that it's sort of they've nailed Doctor Who now, mm. but at this point they've sort of settled into comfort and it's starting to just dive a little bit. It's almost like it's 2015. Well, so moving on, it's on to my story. Hi. So the story title is the Zygon Invasion slash Inversion. Uh, the series slash serial is season nine, episode seven and eight. The air date was the 31st of October 2015 and the 7th, the 7th of November 2015. Writer was Peter Harness and Stephen Moffat. The director was Daniel Netheim. Then, uh, yeah. Producer was Peter Bennett, and the music was the godly Uncle Murray Gold. Oh, Uncle Mur. Uncle Mur. And this is a two-parter, obviously. Should I do a synopsis now? Go for it. Is that my cue? This is from Taurus Wiki. A long, ta- a long time ago, the Doctor made a deal in the Tower of London. 20 million Zygons walk among us in human form living undetected in peace and harmony. But cracks are showing in this delicate peace. Humans and Zygons are disappearing. The in-city <laughs> in apartment blocks, lifts are going mi- Lifts are going missing. Lifts are going missing, and far below the streets of Britain, alien pods are growing in secret caverns. To top it all off, unit scientific advisor Oz bad sends a desperate message to the doctor but since Oz good is long dead how is that even possible question mark with the splinter group of zygons now ahead of the doctor this is the second part by the way there is only one thing standing in their way of obliterating the human race and taking the earth for themselves a moral dilemma exclamation mark in is bonnie willing to compromise the peace already in place just for the sake of Zygons not needing to hide, even if it means making enemies, not only of humanity, but of her own race? Question mark. Is that of both? Yeah. Good. There we are. Okay. Thoughts? Um, uh, I, w- I wasn't a big fan. No. Uh, I reckon in summary, episode one's crap. <laughs> episode two is not as bad. Yeah. Episode two, Stephen Moffat is involved in some of the writing, I think, isn't he? I don't know. I don't know uh, what parts they had, you know, he had involvement with, or I would have thought it's the speeches. Do you reckon? I reckon it's that speech that's yeah. at the end. Um, I don't think the story's bad. No. At two parts, it's probably slightly overlong. Yeah. Because nothing really happens. No, like a half of the first episode is. To catch up, isn't it really? Yeah. Um, you got a couple of good twists in there. Well, you get that. What is it? Like a minute and a half, isn't it, at the start of the story where it's um, reminders of the of the fiftieth. Yeah. For no, it doesn't have any impact on the plot, really, does it? Well, it's it's the whole setup, isn't it? Like the peace treaty was made in the fiftieth, and. This is like if th- this is a part of the Zygons. He thought, you know what, we want to be naked, the nudists, and they want to fight back against this ty- tyranny that the Doctor put on them. And 
the Osgood box was created uh, in the 50th and now it's being picked up again. Yeah. And the situation is finally rectified. Because my big question after the 50th was like, well, yeah, but what about Zygons? This is shit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm glad we finally got that wrapped up because it was a... Um, so yeah, act one then. The 20 million Zygons lived in peace with humans until a group goes rogue and breaks the ceasefire conditions. Osgood is kidnapped by Zygons. Mm. Right, let's just get this straight. 20 million Zygons. That's a lot, that, isn't it? And it's quoted uh, when they go to, you know, when they go to the primary school. This is an act two. But they go to the primary school, don't they? Uh, they're like, I don't know if it's a head of command or something for the Zygons. It's like a, it's where they go to have a cup of tea, like a community centre, I think. Yeah, the the base yeah. of operations. Um. And Jack, her name is, and she says... The lady in the glasses. Yeah. She's dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> um, as Clara so wants, you know, to drill it home that she's middle-aged, uh, the middle-aged woman uh, says that a vast percentage of the Zygons were in Britain. Yeah. So let's assume from that 15 million at least over in Britain. Now... I think the populace of Britain is like 60 million, something like that. It's more than that, isn't it? I don't know. It's something like that. Is it? Yeah. Let me Google it. Google it. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. How many people are in Britain? As of 2020, the population of United Kingdom was 67,886,004. Oh, yeah. Well done. So, yeah, about 60 million. Thanks, Siri. Um, so let's assume about 15 million are living in, in Britain. And overnight, suddenly everyone's got an identical twin. But they're undercover and no one realises. Mm. What the fuck? What? Yeah. Uh, it's crap. It is crap, isn't it? No. Just no. <laughs> Think of something else. Well, cr- no. The writer of this, what's his name? Uh, which one? The the main Peter who, Bennett isn't it? Didn't he he wrote um, not Peter Bennett's the producer. It's uh, Peter Harness. Didn't he wrote a story that we've done? Is it was it Kill the Moon? It was Kill the Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Aye. Aye. So with he's familiar with doing these Die, uh, grandeur <laughs> ideas that are best yes. left for a book maybe or something like that. Well, I think I like the Zygons, mm. but. I don't think they're very good in this. No. It seems like they're pushing... They have an agenda, it feels like they're pushing this to be another canon monster that's big with the... You know, up there with the Cybermen, Daleks, Weeping Angels, Zygons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've, they've even got a catchphrase. Normalize! Normalize! Yeah. Stop that, please. It's just I don't I just don't think they're very good. I don't think the costumes are very good either. No, no. I heard someone else say it's like kind of like absorbaloppy. Well, it's they're better in Terror of the Zygons for sure. Yeah, it's just I think because the face is too 
human. Obvious that it's there. Yeah. They're not a fan of contacts, are they? No. Don't like those. Very those. strange. And it looks like it's the same guy in every suit. Well, they're complete clones, aren't they? They're like oh, all they? well. Uh, no, I don't mean like that. I mean they're all exactly the same looking, aren't they? Yeah. Which sort of makes sense because I think they're so the Zygons seem to be so pissed off because their identity is that they they all look the same mm. and they conquer all of these worlds where everybody else looks different. Like everybody's right. got their individual is personality. That their agenda? Well, I'd assume so. Oh, from, okay. From the story, yeah, because they. They seem to conquer where there's different species of... Not species of people. It, it, we all look different, mm. but they don't. Mm. So they just hate that. Right. The good sake. Um, but yeah, they're just, just not very good. No, they're really bad. Um, I wouldn't be cowering, cowering behind my sofa. Or couch. <laughs> From these Zygons. Um, it is what it is, isn't it? Um, so we watched a bit of the first episode together, together, didn't we? We did. And first thought for me was, I can't believe how poorly shot this was. Well, I agree. Mm. I don't think it's poorly shot. It's just very odd decisions. Yeah. So it's poorly shot. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of camera shaking and a hell sort of, of a lot. And in the artificial shake, and I think the first shot is Osgood running into oh yeah, and we uh, yeah that building. Uh, it's just artificial shaking. Why? I don't know. I get the camera's expensive. You don't want to be shaking that around, but just shake it. Just Somebody kick the it. stand. What does camera shake do there? Because the whole Earth isn't shaking violently like that, is it? What What are you doing? Yeah, it's not it's, found footage. It's just a tension thing, isn't it? But it's. It's really violent shaking violent. as well, isn't it? It's... I, I'm not a massive fan. And the amount of shots that I canted, especially in the first episode. Oh, yeah. Just my neck like, hurt. You're like a dog that hurts yeah. sound. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to turn your head to keep <gasps> the, the, the screen upright. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Um, and again, that's a device used for you know, unsettling the audience and stuff I like that. I suppose so, but what we're seeing isn't... No, at all. Um... And I think that's a problem I had, if you recall, with Jodie Whittaker's episode we did. Mm, the, I uh, recall. Witch, Witchfinders. I recall. Do you recall that? I recall. Um, yeah, the Witchfinders. Yeah. Where the cinematography looked pretty good. You know, it was nice. Mm. But nothing in the story supported it. Um, it seemed just out of place. And in this one, uh, I think we get similar vibes to that, where the cinematography is driving home like this is a tense scene uh, this is unnerving we're gonna count the dutch angle dutch angle i remember now yeah amsterdam angle yeah remember that uh, well when i said can't i thought you were gonna say what did you just call me <laughs> um, so for uh, the dads for the dads for the dads for the dads but you are <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah i just I, it just doesn't work it doesn't work um, it's just it's just tacky. I think the first episode really feels tacky. It's nasty. It's oh. thing is, it's a big return for a monster, isn't it? A monster that sort of, admittedly, only had one appearance in mm. Classic Who. But well, Stephen Moffat has said in the past, before the fiftieth, we said in special features for the fiftieth that he wanted to do the Zygons. 
he's been trying to do the Zygon since he was a showrunner. Right. And he always found, you know, it hard to try and place them in a story. So he thought the 50th anniversary was the best bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so hard to write these in. So I tell you what, let's put it in like the, the most important era and oh. area of Doctor Who. Did it work? I mean, maybe. Maybe. I just don't think the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure whether the villain works for New Who. Uh, no. It's probably the same with the Ice Warriors. Uh, no, the Ice Warriors worked, I think. What was that? Is it Cold War, that episode? Yeah. Um, I can't it really was remember. quite a nice episode, that. It's Matt Gatiss wrote that, isn't it? Mm. Um, oh, Matt Smith's era was so much better than this. The best oh, it's sad, era, really, because Capaldi's great. Mm, only in the latter half of this, this story. As the Doctor, do you mean? Yeah, he's crap in this. Do you think? Yeah. But yeah, well, okay. He, in the first <laughs> episode, he plays guitar, oh. does a peace sign out the the aeroplane. Oh, gets, like the Nixon thing. Yeah, and yeah. then gets blown up. It's... Is that the Doctor you want, Harold? I didn't say that, but no. It's just... Oh. It really frustrated me this first episode. We were there, eye rolling the whole way through, yeah, and we I hate were. doing that. Like, who are we to do? Do you know that? the biggest, the weirdest thing? Well, you know where she go? Where is it? Jack mm. goes with fake Clara, yeah, down that lift shaft, yeah, to underneath, yeah, and then she has that weird shock expression out of nowhere. Do you remember that? <laughs> She's up against yeah. the wall, and she yeah. just goes. <gasps> And nothing happens. No. There's nothing there. No. They're hiding behind boxes, aren't they? Yeah. Um, well, I, th- I don't even think they're hiding at that point. They're just, they're just against the wall, and she just has this shock out of nowhere. <laughs> and they go, whoa, 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 whoa. Can we... T- t- whoa, stop. Would Can we do that again? Is I everything just, all right? I just left the oven on. Yeah. Oh, shit! My insurance is due! Oh... She just realised that she drove it. Oh, it was due nothing, yesterday. Oh, there's nothing worse than that. Yeah. I remember getting up one morning, thinking, right, I'll go to the shop. I thought, oh, shit. Insurance is due today. Oh. So, the Zygon invasion. <laughs> I think the editing is another one for me. Very, very choppy, and we're going from one place to another place to another place very, very quickly. Yeah. Which usually is fine. The thing is, it's not grounded in one place, though, is it? At no. the moment, it, obviously, it is grounded in London, yeah, essentially. But the, it's very—I don't know where that Zygon ship place is. No, I don't know where Unit are, especially the end of episode one where they shoot that or they go to. St- yeah, Clara, uh, Bonnie, uh, goes everywhere. And so quick, she goes on the very coast. They love yeah. the coast. I don't know why. If you think back to um, the almost people, yes. Oh yeah, they finish that on a yeah. beach, don't they? Yeah, um, on it's probably the same edge. one. Yeah, um, but she goes there to the center of London almost immediately. Mm. Um, but yeah, the editing everywhere. Do you remember when we watched it and it was the scene where Capaldi and the gang. Find they're in the school, aren't they? And they find the I don't know this like command deck thing, which is like horns coming out. Is that a school? Yeah, yeah, it's a school. Is it? Yeah. yeah. All right, okay. Um, 
because two of the kids you know, at the beginning of this episode. Oh like yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. loitering in a kids park with when there's no parents. It's weird there. that, isn't it? It's very strange. The Zygon voices are terrible as well. I, I don't know who's doing it. Is it even worth talking about the Zygons? Not, Not really. really. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, well, we talked about a lot of Act 2 and we haven't even got to that yet. Um, yeah, we got... I uh, see the editing's chopping everywhere. And I hate when you have to put the text at the, the bottom saying where we are. Yeah, um, yeah it should just be cheap. obvious. It's cheap. It's, I think it's different when you go, if it's abroad... When you talk like James Bond, Mission Impossible, and they bounce around different countries, it's just and... trying to do that, isn't it? But well, it's it's unit, you know, with the <sighs> typewriter and stuff. Then again, again, unit in New Who have no place. Really, no. it's they just were, um, <sighs> they were amazing in. Oh, it was your episode, wasn't it? The invasion. The invasion. They've been in the Cyberman one. They've been in Spearhead from Space. Yes, yes, in. in in the invasion, like they just handled it. Yeah, yeah, handled it. Yeah, um, but they're crap in New Who. They don't do anything. Well, um, they're just soldiers, aren't they? Yeah, that they've called brain, unit. Like there's brain no, dead. there's just no point in having them. Um, but yeah, uh, super, you know, rough editing. Um, but yeah, I was saying with the school, um, and Capaldi's like finger in the. Uh, liquid thing i don't know what oh it is. the control yeah th- yeah and yeah. then he goes to the door and speaks to the group and then it cuts to clara saying something it's the most awkward shot ever oh like, yeah the, yeah clara's yeah. face is right up to the yeah camera. they're having a conversation and then if you've got was it jack the doctor and uh kate kate yeah but there's no focus on anybody it's no just the sort focus of... is out um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's like a wide shot of all of them, and Capaldi's speaking to Clara, and mm. then when Capaldi speaks, it's that wide shot. I th- they should have had Clara Capalda and Clary. Yeah. Clary? Clary, yeah. Uh, Capaldi and Clara together. Capaldi Capald- and Clary. Capaldi and yeah. Clary together, yeah. and then had Kate Stewart and Jack t- yeah. as the reaction. Yeah, yeah. Because they're talking to each other, but it's as if they're in they're on different sides of the room. Yeah. It, it's just weird. It's awkward. It is, and that's what I think of the editing and the shots. It's just awkward, and it's not nice to watch. Um, at least the first episode, I didn't really notice it much in the second one. Um, yeah, and, and the writing, it's just a bit... It feels a bit flat. Yeah, and some, it just... I'm I'm pretty bad at writing, but at least I know... I th- oh, see, I feel bad saying that, because it's not a bad story. No, it's not. It just needs... It, it just feels needs like a draft. Up. It feels yeah. like a second draft. I think a lot of the Capaldi stuff feels like that to me. Yeah. That it just it could have done with one more go over just yeah. to just tighten it up a little bit. There's just a little it lags in bits and you just think, are we still here? Yeah, the pacing's tough. It's, yeah. Um, but you got you know when I don't know how they get there. Oh, yeah, so after that scene. Clara says that she forgot something at home. Mm. So then they go back to her house. Jack and Clara go back to her house. Yeah. <laughs> and then they take the stairs down, you know, just they're, they're leaving now. So they're taking the stairs down. And then they notice that the couple who were doing something fishy with their son. Yeah, they're, they're beating their son, aren't they? Yeah, so something what? like that. The Zygons are there anyway. Um, it is named Sandeep. Yeah. 
and yeah, he's the what kid is sitting on the stairs, and his parents uh, are really, you know, they don't like lights, they're energy saving, so Clara's in there, and that's where they, they she gets body swapped. Um, and yeah, they go downstairs, and then the parents are in the lift, and I'm thinking, like, why didn't you just take the lift? And I'm like, oh, because the monsters are in there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just wishy washy writing yeah, it, like that. It Sometimes it feels as if it's trying to do like an old who thing, but just TV doesn't work like that anymore. No. And I think you're very aware when you watch New Who that it is obviously new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's sort of, it's following all the things that modern drama does, yeah. but still trying to hold on to what. Yeah, now this is a new thing, really. Matt Smith's, David Tennant's, and Christopher Eccleston's never really did this. They did nods to yeah. older old who, but never to this extent. This is really, you know, we've even got that Easter egg with the first Doctor in a portrait. You know, yeah. Well, this is this comes really, down to the whole really, Osgood thing as well, doesn't it? That she's there really as the a question marks and the collar. Yeah, she's there as a sort of a Wikipedia page. For old who, yeah. To anybody that, you know, she's, yeah. What we've done a poll on Osgood as well. Yeah, well, I think we'll do the same thing we did with Missy, or we'll do that mm, at the do end. Do at the end. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, just Capaldi's not falling in in the first episode at least. He's he, what is he there for? Yeah. Oh, anyway, Act Two. This is a uh, quite a big one. Heading to the Zygon nest in a school, they discovered there is a splinter... Oh, we, we talked about a lot of that too, actually. <laughs> Heading to the Zygon nest in a school, they discover there is a splinter group who wants to be naked, identifying themselves as truth or consequences. Suddenly, that leads to a location in New Mexico, and they, the Doc, and Kate go there. Jack and Clara stay. The Doc finds Osgood, and they capture a Zygon after it gets knocked out. They board a plane. It's revealed Clara is Bonnie a Zygon, and Kate is with another Zygon in New Mexico. Jack is killed while in the human containment place that they find um, in... That's in London, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the Doctor's plane is destroyed, but they parachute out. Clara is still alive, but in a pod, and manages to contact the Doctor through blinks and Telepathy, I don't know. Um, on FaceTime to Bonnie, the doc finds out where the pods are. And that's because Clara is like making Bonnie blink. Mm. Um, Clara speaks to Bonnie and tells her where the Osgood box is. The doc and Kate make it to the Osgood box, and Clara is woken. There are two Osgood boxes now, and a decision needs to be made. The doc convinces Kate to stand down, and Bonnie figures out the boxes are just boxes. Bonnie stands down and Kate gets her mind whipped or wiped. <laughs> whipped. So we stopped watching um, just at. <laughs> just remembering. So they go back to they go to New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, the doctor and Kate go to New Mexico. Did they win a competition? Why are they there? What, How are they, they there? Yeah. Did they win a competition? The producers like you got a free trip to New Mexico. Yes. We'll set the new episode. Let's go. Um, and yeah, this little town called Truth or Consequence. Says, mm. Is that a real place? No. Hey Siri. No, it's the. It's... Where is Truth or Consequences? 
It's and consequence, isn't it? Okay, I found this on the web for where is true for consequences and consequences of it. Check it out. A city in New Mexico. No, it isn't. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So there we are. Someone did the homework. <laughs> um, yeah. So they know the Zygons are there. Yeah. I think it's the base of operations for the Splinter Group, isn't it? I just, uh, yeah, I assume so. And... Uh, it, the, right. This it's just where it gets a bit too much now. It's, so yeah. the people in the in the town are huddled together in this church, and the unit are outside saying, "Right, you know, come out." Well, they don't say it. Yeah. The guy fires three times up in the air. <laughs> come out! Yeah, that's not how you no, handle no. the hostage situation. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? This is unit, yeah. yeah it's yeah. I... Oh my god. Why is he in charge? And there's insubordination. I was going to say, completely... yeah, he should have had a bullet through his head there. Because yeah. that I... happens twice as well. Yeah, do but... this thing. No. Mm-hmm. Right. You're out. Bullet. Yeah. Because <laughs> he doesn't follow orders. And the woman who <laughs> decides to put a picture of a family oh, the... on the instruments. Yeah, you know, when the... They're going to do an airstrike on yeah, Mexico. the operator. Yeah. Yeah, and there's just a big picture oh, right over God. The... I'm, I'm thinking we're going to do some really nice mise on scene here. Um, this is the production diet. I thought that was Alan Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I think we're going to do we, something really nice. <laughs> if, we, if we just pop that photo there, it's going to look really good. We're going to drive home the idea that this woman is in a family. I think it's going to be great. Ooh. He was sacked the week after. <laughs> Oh God, it's tacky and minging. She didn't um, fire on that on New Mexico um, for the reason that she saw kids and family waving at her on the camera. She's got a conscience. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they just the drone is just yeah. floating there and they're I mean, just waving at it? I'm guessing because there's Zygons and you know that's the bait. But I mean, I can think of more reasons than just the family. <sighs> Start yeah. a world war. Family values. Yeah. <laughs> Monsters per minute. Monsters per minute. Start a war with the US. Why did you shoot... I mean, they do it anyway, but why did you shoot missiles at... I yeah. guess it's the president of the the world, so... Maybe he's got a free pass. This president of the oh, world thing. fuck off now. Moffat, sit outside. <laughs> Speak to you in a minute. Yeah, take your bag. You're not leaving it there. Oh, that's when you know it's bad. You're not coming when back te- into my class. When the teacher says, take your bag. Yeah, and take I'm your things, put your things away. Oh, I'm sorry, miss. Oh, but if the head teacher sees me standing outside the door. What are you doing standing there? Uh, uh, oh, God. <laughs> <gasps> oh, you hear the footsteps coming and you think it's the oh, headmaster, but it's God. actually the cleaner. Oh, Our headmaster had proper small man syndrome as well. Oh. Awful. Awful. My what are you master, doing there? My headmaster got sacked because she was a bitch and slapped a girl. Um, <laughs> our head, ma- our headmistress in primary school got sacked because mistress. Was... Sorry, yeah, it was mistress. Oh, was it? Yeah. Our headmistress in primary school got the sack because she was drinking whiskey on the job. Kids will be kids, eh? Aye, c'est la vie. <laughs> uh, so we got rife insubordination. It's just yeah. horrible. Um, so yeah, the, the, the woman comes out and says, I'm your mum. Don't shoot me, love. Oh, I understand, but if you must shoot me, shoot me. 
fucking killer. Yeah, bullet to the head now. If it's your mum, well, she understood. Is what it is. <laughs> why would your mum be in New Mexico? Yeah, why is she there? Why? Okay. Um. So they all die. The unit thing, don't they? They, they don't do a. To... They don't do a parameter search and like say you go in the back. The old we'll all go through the front door. <laughs> They all die. They're into, a proper uh, hot SWAT team, aren't yeah. they? And they all die. Uh, it was, it's the metal scrubs don't, you, that you get in front of being Brillo pads. Yeah, yeah, the metal scrubs to turn to them. Uh, you to clean your sink. Yeah. Nice wire wool. Osgood's downstairs. Down here. Do uh, your voice. What? The penis one. Okay. <laughs> I'm down here. Where are you? I'm downstairs. Where? So the doctor finds, uh, decides that she must be underneath this carpet, so goes down, um, and oh, it's always good. And Zygon's there, screaming his head off. Yeah. I found it really hard to keep attention with this story. Mm. That, yeah, I just found it hard going. Zygon's down there. Osgood didn't mention that the, the Zygon was down there, just that she was downstairs. Yes. Which makes me think that this whole time Osgood was a Zygon and this whole time she was well, it, 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 everyone else. It doesn't get resolved at the end. Are, no they, both, shit. are they both Zygons or is one a Zygon? How is one alive? I thought the one died. <sighs> anyway, um, uh, so Clara and Jack uh, walk in towards where all the pods are in London. And Clara says, oh, yeah, yeah. So Jack is, like, uh, coming to terms with something. And she's like, oh, I just feel like the world's going to end or something like that. And Clara says, everyone middle-aged always thinks the world's going to end. Do they? I don't... I don't know. Is that Moffat again? Probably. What? Oh, it's just crap. Sorry. <laughs> uh, then, yeah, they're in there. And the Clara reveal happens that it's actually Bonnie. The Zygon called Bonnie. Yeah. And... My Bonnie lies over the ocean. My... My Bonnie lies over the ocean. My Bonnie lies over the sea. My Bonnie to me. All together now. <laughs> my, my Bonnie lies over the ocean. Every time I'm gonna bring up. A... <laughs> we don't need that, Dudley. Thank you. <laughs> you sure? Uh, Clara, Bonnie. Sorry, my. Every time I'm gonna bring up a name, we need to. My body lies over the ocean. My body lies over the. My God. So Bonnie opens one of the pods. Well, to uncover some of the leaves. I don't know. I can't remember. It's over the window. 
Why the pods need windows, I don't know. Um, it's, it's, oh, my God, it's me. Clara. Um, of all the pods, she chose that one. I was like, what? Come on. But it's Bonnie. Mm. So, makes sense. Don't yawn. <laughs> oh, hurt me neck then, trying to hold it in. Um, anyway, yeah. Bonnie's Bonnie. Clara's again in this dreamy world yeah, limbo state thing. Yeah. Now, a Dalek and, and another time. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then Jack's like, oh no. <laughs> Dies. Um, Dead. And yeah, that, that's the uh, almost the end of episode two, uh, one. Uh, after they die, Clara says some speech and looks at the camera. Right. Can we fuck off with stuff like this now? I hate... What is what... the cliff? The cliffhanger to episode one is the plane, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, An aeroplane again. I'm just so tired of... It's not cool, you know, breaking the fourth wall like that. Like, is she talking to me? It's not funny. <laughs> what are you finger talking to? Cool. Please stop. It's so cringy. I hate, I hate especially when uh, films or short films end with the character suddenly looking at the camera for a second oh. and then it cut. Fuck off with that. It's not cool. It's not original. Please stop. Oh, it detracts everything from the film. Please, please, please stop. No, it involves you. Makes you feel like No, it there. doesn't. Oh! Oh, it really, <coughs> really, really pissed me off. Please stop doing it. Anyway, so Clara... Bonnie. My, <laughs> my Bonnie light. Uh, gets an Uber to the coast. Line. Yep. Got a rocket launcher from somewhere. Backpack. And then thinks, right, I'm going to be here at this place at this time. The perfect opportunity to kill the doctor. Yeah. Um, and we, we, episode one ends like, the doctor's going to die. He's going to die. Uh, episode two. Clara controls the trigger or something like that. This doesn't get used again. Just is able to control the fingers of Bonnie. Yeah, and, with the, and then move it with a telly. And... Um, yeah, what? Anyway. Um, <laughs> so yeah. he's fine. Parachutes out. Um and I think unfortunately this is what... though Osgood had a parachute yeah uh, are all the other people dead yes everybody else dead but it's alright because Osgood's alive that's why I think Osgood is I think Osgood contacted Bonnie to say we're he's gonna here. be oh yeah we're gonna be over here you're going to die Bonnie you no uh, Osgood you're going to die but Bonnie's like Osgood's like <laughs> <laughs> Who? It doesn't matter. I'm fine. I've died once before. There's a clone of me anyway. Do it. Misses, you know. So I think I think Osgood is is bad in this. Um he's fine. And then Yeah, they go on FaceTime, don't they? Down with the kids though, isn't it? Yeah. Um and No, before that, Os <laughs> <laughs> they get a text, don't they? Yeah. Um um, yeah, I'm I'm alive. alive. I'm awake. I'm awake. It's something. Oh, I'm woke, and <laughs> I have woked. <laughs> the doctor looks at it and thinks, "Huh," and wouldn't think much more of it if Osgood wasn't there. Mm. 
The Doctor's thick as shit in this, unless the Doctor knows this whole time that Osgood is actually his Igon. Maybe. He, he, well, at the end, he asks, doesn't he? He says, Clara, can you go in for a minute? I just want to yeah. find out. So the Doctor now knows that Clara is in London, where he left her. Right. <laughs> and She's in the same place. Same where, place. Yeah, where she was before. And then the Doctor starts driving. Yeah. And we haven't seen him drive since Matt Smith drove with the fire ambulance, fire engine. Yeah. So. Nice. nice. VW Transporter, isn't it? Yeah. It's weird seeing the Doctor drive. It is odd, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Strange. Um, I'd love to have a road trip with Capaldi, though. Yeah. Mm, I'll give him a ring after to see what he says. Nice nice tea room on the way. Ooh, nice scone. Mm. Ooh, nice cream tea. Mm. What do you think Capaldi would have? What do you mean? A cream tea? If you went to a a garden centre. Ham and cheese toasty. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Ready salted crisps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He'd go for a Fanta. To take with... Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I really want ham and cheese toasty now. Yeah, they, they go back there, don't they? And then, and then we see an uh, oldish man uh, running away from Clara, Bonnie, and hides in his flat. And then Bonnie breaks in and says, oh, we need to, you know, get together. You know, you're know, going to be the first one. Yeah. Going to make you woke. Uh, zaps him. And then he starts turning into a, a Zygon. Yeah. And I think the first episode should have ended there. No, opened oh. with that. With someone maybe with a bit with turning, a shock. Yeah. Turning into uh a Zygon. Like yeah. what is happening? And it's oh it's going back to the fiftieth, that's cool. Instead of having this nasty little recap. Um, yeah, I suppose, yeah, the yeah. It would have been cool, would it not have? Recap. Yeah. It I would agree. have started like a it's sort like of a got good think, episode of Doctor Hill. <laughs> I think it's just got its priorities in the wrong place, hasn't it? For sure, yeah. Um I think Moffat does that. He assumes that people love a character when they don't. I think he assumes, assumes, assumes. I think he assumes that people are following it very closely. Yeah. Um, and, and they're not. He, he likes these overarching storylines, doesn't he? That Big arc. Yeah, which have like th- go on for three seasons long. Um, and Doctor Who's never about that, and I don't think it should be. He does the same thing with Sherlock, though. Uh, it's just. Sherlock was never about that. On and on and on. Yeah. Um, but he's so good at just one-off episodes. But anyway. Um, so, yeah. That opens with that. And I really do think episode one should have started like that. Mm. It would have been awesome. Um, this character is useless, by the way. The older guy who starts turning well, into... Yeah, he, yeah. He's only there for to go on YouTube, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Which doesn't actually do anything anyway. Not really. No. It's to make the world scared. Doesn't get brought up again. No. Uh, the only one who got the mind wiped was Kate. So I don't know what that was about. I think it was just filler. Or at least we need some way of getting the Doctor to where Clara is and Kate. Yeah, it's probably... Yeah. Um, but then... yeah, Something they, is going on in this location. Yeah. This is where you need to be now. Uh, so Capaldi ends up there. <laughs> I love this quote. London, what a dump. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. I hate London. I don't like it's going horrible. to London. It's just it so busy. Horrible. It is nasty. It's busy, busy, busy. Really don't like London. Really don't want to ever go there again. Been there three times. I don't want to go again. I, I hate it. I played, uh, I did a gig in Ronnie Scott's and got a parking fine. Ronnie Scott's? Yeah. What's that? Jazz Club. Right. It's a famous one, is it? Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty right. big. 
I was dead excited. Drove. Yeah. Parking ticket. How much? I don't know. It's like 150 quid in it, but like if you pay it within 14 days. 50. Something like that. Right. Bastards. Anyway. And I had to pay a congestion charge. You have to pay to go drive in London, don't you? have to pay. No. Yeah. You have to pay to drive in London. Yeah. Just don't go. I just don't go to London. It's a it's a shit hole. It really is a shit hole. I'd never ever want anyone to go there. There's nothing to do there. If you live in London and have been affected by any of the issues mentioned in the podcast, no, because Capaldi says the same thing. It's crap. Oh, so it's all right then. Yeah, and Oscar's like, well, you 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 spend most of your time here. Well, yeah, get spend most most of your time getting captured and shot at. Like it doesn't mean I enjoy it. It's like I fucking love Capaldi. He's great. Um. Oh, they're like probably Moffat wrote it or something, I don't know. Um, or the other guy wrote it, Peter Parnas. Then they uh, find the old guy somehow. Yeah. They follow him to a shopping centre sort of thing and into a shop that's... It's in the middle of the day, but yeah, it's closed. Uh, yeah, why is, it, why is everything deserted? Uh, I'm guessing because the Zygons have taken over that, that... They've got that... Oh, that area. That area. Right, okay. Um. And if that is the case, that's cool because it drills home that what Capaldi says at the end about who's going to make your violins and stuff like that. You know, mm. they just want to conquer for conquer's sake. Conquer, conquers, conquer. Want to play conquers? <laughs> uh, uh, that is just an excuse, really, to lead on to meeting Kate. <sighs> and they say, "Oh, um, uh, it goes on to like, how did you live? I shot the bastard five times in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> Get out!" Kate's awesome. I don't like. <laughs> no, I don't uh, like Kate either. No. It's just funny. That's, that's a cool scene. That shoot the bitch. Not Kate. The Zygon. <laughs> that's Kate saying. <laughs> that's Kate saying. You know. That's how we handle the situation. Shoot the bitch. Shoot uh, the bitch. Yeah. I, I like Kate's style. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Long story short, who cares? Uh, Clara wakes up. And then the boxes. That's what we're all here for, isn't it? The boxes. Yeah. Um. That's why it's called the Osgood box. What? Okay. Is it? Was it, well, I still don't get that? Why is it called the Osgood box? I don't. I didn't care. Because so one's the Osgood box and the other one's the Osbad box. Nice. Thank I, you. I don't know what that means. Um, um. One's red. One's blue. Yeah. There you go. And there's nothing in them anyway, so don't worry about it. I reckon there was. Ooh. No, I don't. I don't Double get... bluff. Um. See, this scene gets gushed over, doesn't it? This yeah. speech. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, we saw a bit of it on YouTube, didn't we? Do you remember? I don't know. And then he starts speaking American. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. It's a different language, American. Uh, yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I like the scene, but... It's, yeah, it's great. I'm not... It's not, like... I don't think it goes down as one of the, <gasps> the speeches. No, but just... But... Fucking give Capaldi good stories because he can do it. Yeah, yeah. Just please, his his um, run could be filled with stuff like this. Yeah. Please, can we just give him a good story? I mean, it's done now. Um, he might get better stories. That you know, this is the episode I'm up to because I really couldn't be seeing Osgood, Osgood again. As soon as I saw Osgood and Kate were yeah. in this a double parter that I can't, I can't be asked. You you really struggled at this point with your. Knew who we yeah, watched. Um, it was just after the two-parter with Maisie, is it? Or what's oh, name? Maisie Williams. 
out of Game of Thrones. Well, she's an actress, isn't she? Oh, I can't. <laughs> I I can't do it anymore. Like, New Who's really, really bad now. <laughs> I can't. Please, I wish people would stop saying... I don't even know if they're all saying... I've never heard someone say, you know what, New Who's really good. You know, with, with uh, Capaldi's and Jodie's. Yeah. I've never heard that. I've been like, oh, give it a chance. I'm giving it a chance, but it's shit. It's really, really bad. Can we, can we not? I'd like to watch them all in order. I yeah. think at some point we should do the big rewatch. Like, the ultimate task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah. All the way up. Like, in order. Yeah. It's a mammoth task, that. You'll have to move stop in. stop just before season nine. I'm up to that. <laughs> season eight, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's really, really, really shit. Um, and you get like some good bits like this, but I'm not going to give it anything because it, it sh- all of it should be like this. It's got oh, the, it's the thing in it. It doesn't really have any excuse. No, you know, just spend the time and just do it right. You know, obviously you're going to have some stories that are dud, and I'm not saying this is one of those. Yeah, and obviously a lot of people enjoy this story. It's a it's a it's a fine story. Yeah. I think like yours, it's a fine story, and you got some. Huh, didn't know that. Yeah. Um. But the, the, when I said like I wouldn't give this scene anything um, for being good, you know, it, it's a good scene, but it's overwhelmed with a lot of yeah, other stuff, isn't and it? I think if we compare it to good shows, it's all right, you know, compared to them, it's like yeah. it's pretty good, but it stands out from the crap because it's actually all right. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't, I just can't give it too much. And Capaldi's great. We know that. He can handle this. Please give him more. It's, yeah, uh, it's just don't what forget he's given the other characters with, in the it? scene aren't doing anything. It's just Capaldi. Yeah, he's just yeah, which the, is nice. It's a nice monologue for him to it have. It is, yeah, and it does really show Capaldi off. It does, but um, ultimately, don't forget the setup to the scene's crap. Yeah, uh, the aftermath to the scene is even more crap. Um, it's just Capaldi. So can we? No, it's just Capaldi in the yeah, scene. Yeah, it seems like he's always having to try and carry everything. Yeah. But oh, I feel so bad for. But him. what he's carrying is there's nothing there, yeah. and I'm I'm getting so riled up only because it's so so frustrating. But I will say a lot of his stuff, a lot of new in general for me, is watchable. It's you know it, it, this was the first time it wasn't for me. Uh, yeah, I, I, I admit I'm I did so struggle to watch this now. one. Yeah, just it's sort of I just like nice. Simpleish stories mm. that just rattle along, do their thing, and then rattle they go. Along. <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, you, I know you put you it mean. on, and it's sort of the story's done with, yeah. and there you go. Whereas there's a lot of it's Saturday night TV having your tea, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you Whereas don't... with the stories like this, it feels like you've got to think. And these are pretty not mu- too much. These but... are for the end of the season, aren't they? Really? If it, yeah. And I'm not saying oh you can't do convoluted storylines because of course you can. Yeah. Uh, just make them coherent. I guess. Yeah, don't make it so sort of. If you can't work this out, you're thick, or you, yeah. if you don't, if you're not following what's going on, it's because you don't, you don't keep up to date with everything. Yeah, I don't know. it's just I don't know. Because Matt Smith's finale in season five is pretty convoluted, and it goes everywhere. But it's so much fun. It's Stephen Moffat though. He tends to have that, doesn't yeah. he? Where everything's a little bit all oh, right. Yeah. I've got to think a bit. Honestly, the end of season five is so much fun. I'll have to, I need to revisit Matt because. Oh. I'm not a big fan, but... I really like Matt Smith now. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I've seen them in The Crown as well. I, th- I just think it's great. I do. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, you're not sold, but I just think... I'd like to be. Matt Smith's run is the best uh, of New Who that I've seen. Um, and it's a shame that this dived right after. Yeah. Dived. And it's not Capaldi's fault. It could have been so much better than Matt Smith's, but anyway. Um... Oh, yeah, I just read a note. How did Kate escape? Shot the <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that was a, that was a note in the script. Yeah. Because um, Moffat was, like, stumped, or, like, Peter was st- stumped, and, like, how did she escape? Let's just write that in. Moffat just put, shoot the <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to bleep all the cunts, by the way, I reckon. Brilliant. It's funnier. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so, I think that leaves... No, boxing still. Yeah, so it's fine. Kate, but Kate, no, essentially, nothing happens, does no, it? No, not really. It's nothing happens. Kate just backs down. I say nothing happens. The speech is great, but essentially, it just nothing happens. <laughs> um, and Bonnie flies over the ocean. Uh, now, Bonnie. Uh, Gives up too. Yeah. She accepts whatever she's accepting. <laughs> I'm not really clear what Capaldi was saying, really. I guess, like, we'll it's forgive just, yeah, I'll forgive you. Go back to normal. Um, yeah. Which I always think is a bad message to send out. <laughs> um, peace. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, if you're giving out peace like that, what's to stop another. Yeah, I suppose. I can't think, you know what? what? We'll give it a go, but if it doesn't work out... Try it again. Well, if it doesn't work out, it'll just give us a free pass anyway. (laughs) doesn't matter if we kill, you know, a plane full of people and um, a whole town in New Mexico and a whole uh, unit. Yeah, and we killed a load of old people in a church, don't forget. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. It's all right. It's fine. Capaldi's all right. He'll uh, he'll forgive. Forgive and forget, isn't it? Silla V. Silla V. Oh, well. Um... And that's it, really. Uh, yeah. Act three, all is forgiven. The ceasefire is back in place. Osgood makes the best decision and doesn't go with the doc. My heart at the end. When I was when Cap- so thankful because I don't really know what you know happens yeah. after this. And Capaldi says, thinking that she could go with him. Do you want to come with me? I was like, oh my god, no, 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 please, no, please, no, please, no, please, no. And Osgood says, I, I think I best stay here. Oh my god. Oh, sweat off my brow. Yeah, bullet, bullet dodged. Oh my god, I couldn't think of anything worse. God, I think the only thing I could think worse is like if maybe like Matt Lucas went with him. Oh, that'll never happen now. Matt Lucas will never be in Doctor Who. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's it. Resolved. Uh, that is it, isn't it? There's yeah. not much more to say. And Osgood comes back, we already said, I don't know how it's just two of her. And then the last bit, I turned it off, actually. I knew the credits were coming anyway, but uh, when they both go, I just turned it off. I fuck off. The, well, with the inhaler. Yeah, stuff like that's yeah. like a wink from the writer saying, no, I know what I'm doing. Fuck off. No. So I just turned it off. So technically yeah. I haven't seen all of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what you want me to say, really. Nothing. There's nothing more to say. Finished. Yeah. Not tied. Finn. 
No, it, it's not a bad story. It's really not. It's, no, it's it's, it's, it's not watchable. a bad story. Um, I was kind of surprised to be honest at episode two, um, and I I, I do want to say like I don't want to sound like I know everything you know, but it just I'm just it comes getting, across like that. I know it does. It, you know, it, you're really pushing it now that you know me me me. No, no, I I because I get annoyed at you know people sounding like that. You know, like you know you try and make a show. You know, it's it's really really hard. But I'm just getting frustrated because I know they know how to make a good yeah. show. When you see I them know do good, Capaldi's good. Yeah, when and you see them do good. Yeah. the bad is more noticeable. Exactly, and I just get frustrated that they know how to do it. Come on, yeah, come on. Yeah, it's like this podcast, isn't it? There's a couple of good exactly. ones, exactly, and we know how to do it. Yeah, but well, we just it just can't be asked. No, it just can't be asked. And it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> There we are. But uh, maybe not for the listeners because they don't want it to succeed. They just want it to stop. Yeah, and to those people, I'm sorry. Yeah, we apologise. Uh, we've got nothing better. We've got nothing better to do. Yeah, so literally nothing. <laughs> so, so what did you think? Um, a very, very dim amber. Very dim. It's almost red. Like it's yeah. one of those where you have to look twice. Is that red? It's one of those viral pictures, you know, like the black and blue dress. Like, <laughs> what know. color is yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. So it's that for me. It's it's just pretty. You really don't need to see this. Yeah, it does. It doesn't. No. Do much, does it? No. No. What mm. are you? What about you? Um, I'm gonna say I think Jenna Coleman is fantastic in this. Oh, exactly, Capaldi and Jenna Coleman. The more fantastic. I see, yeah, the more I see of Jenna Coleman, yeah, the more I think she's a fantastic actress. Yeah, she I'm is. not a big fan of the character Clara. She's all right, yeah, serviceable. Yeah. It's just the fact she keeps disappearing and coming back, and she's not really a full time companion, but she is. But oh, I she see. Is and, oh, but she is. She, she definitely is a full time companion. Yeah, as well. No, yeah, I do. I need. I do re- need yeah, to rewatch she definitely it. Definitely is a full time companion. I'd retract that statement if I were. I'll you. retract. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I remember not being a big fan of the companion, mm. but I think she's an excellent actress. Yeah, she's really, really and good. She plays two parts in this as well. Yeah, she? she does, and they're both <laughs> both great. Yeah, you know, Osgood plays two parts. She does. Um, the Doctor. Uh, uh, Peter Capaldi, like you said, I don't think he's overly strong in this. The speech is fantastic. He does a really good job mm-hmm. with that. But is the content of the speech that good? Not really. That's it's... what I mean. I don't really want it. I don't give it much. I quite like this. Uh, the you know um, the bit where he says about uh, I've seen more people die than you'll ever see, and how do you hold on to that? You hold it in your hand until mm. it. Burns. Mm. Thought that was quite good, mm. but you know, ultimately, it's just a bit. It's just preachy. But no, it, the Doctor's more of a more <laughs> than just his history. Yeah, you know, it's and I'm getting a little bit tired of him bringing up the this time thr- war. Yeah, <laughs> this is all of New Who bringing up the time war. It's these big and bad we, wolf. Yeah, and time war. We know. We know about this. Well, we don't. And even worse now, it didn't even happen. <sighs> I don't know what's. I don't know what's going on. Because um, Cavaldi seems like he doesn't know that it happened. I don't that know. It didn't. You know, Gallifrey didn't actually burn up, but 
Yeah, it he did, tried to find it. it. So know. he knows full full well that it didn't. And I guess he's he's on about all the people he couldn't save over the years. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go red. Yeah. Okay. I don't not enjoy it. I found it difficult to watch. Yeah. I watched it three times for this. The first time was all right. You know, I watched it straight through. Mm. It's fine. You know, I wouldn't. I I enjoyed it as in sort of seeing those actors again. Seeing the Zygons, I quite enjoyed. They don't look great. Mm. They don't really do a lot. Mm-mm. There's no real... There's not a lot of threat there, I don't think. Mm. No. Especially that, essentially, they just roll over at the end, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to go red. I don't think it's bad. Bad. I just didn't enjoy it. I think no. that's it's more enjoyment, the rating, than overall... Well, for, for you anyway. For me, it's uh, it's overall. Would I recommend? Did I like? Would it? you recommend it? Would I recommend it? I'd say probably. I think for a new Who fan, it's a good introduction to the Zygons. Uh, I would just say Zygons aren't in New Who. Be done with it. Skip this bit. Yeah. So Osgood. Hmm. We did a poll on Osgood. Oh, I forgot when you talk about a. So, as always with our character polls, the choices are like, indifferent, dislike. Mm. What do you think? Dislike. Majority's dislike. Okay. It's got to be. Dislike, 17.6%. Oh, no. Indifferent, 23.5%. Like, (sighs) 58.8%. I think people already know that we're not a fan of Osgood. Oh, so we don't need to say any more. So Oh really? I don't think so. I just think it's a point I think it's a pointless character. I just don't it's see. It's completely pointless. Yeah. And uh, it's and the, the the main issue with it for me is that it sort of breaks she seems to be a character that is there to break the It's almost as if she's a fan of Doctor Who that they've put in the program. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? With all of the nods to past Doctors and stuff like that. It's fine, but it doesn't need to be there. I just think she's annoying to watch. She's really annoying. She's uh, very, very full of herself. Um, Very, uh, what's the word, when you don't really think of other people's thoughts. Just egocentric. Yeah. She's very she's very egocentric, I feel. Um, self centered and oh just things like well, Osgood says you know, after the plane crash and says uh, oh, you're down, aren't you? Because Clara's dead. I'm like, fuck off, yeah. Osgood. She has has no backstory. Um, I don't know where she came from. She was just there in the fiftieth. Um <laughs> She's got that inhaler, which I don't know why. I mean, I've had an inhaler, and I, I've never thought... I reckon her GP would go mad for her using it yeah. that much as well. <laughs> I was like, I, when I used it, I was like, oh yeah, this really, you know, I'm a character now. You know, this is this identifies me. Yeah. Fuck off with that. Well, let's see what other people think. <sighs> I, I'm just not a fan. We can do so much better. So, we got three bits of feedback for uh, Osgood. First mm. comes from Matt from Neither the Time Nor the Space podcast. Hi, Matt. Uh, Matt says, don't like. I know she's designed to be an audience surrogate, but I really didn't like her. 
If anything, her death just made me love Missy more. Yeah, I think that's why I love Missy. <laughs> and then David from the Neither the Time Nor the Space podcast replied, Important reminder that Matt doesn't speak for me on this or any Doctor Who related matter. Osgood is lovely and I shall brook no argument. We'll do it for you. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, Christopher Page said, I don't hate her. I'm not going to lie and say she didn't make me chuckle a few times when she was introduced. But like most humorous stories, the effect is never as strong with the second or third time you've heard it. She was treading the same line, I feel, as River and Jack have crossed. Um, now, River, I quite enjoy. Yeah. Because that is character there she is a character she has backstory she has relations with other characters uh same with jack osgood's just there for yeah. me I, I just can't i really really hope it doesn't bother work. me it's not like i don't sit there thinking oh god why have they done this well, I, I do when i'm watching it but it doesn't yeah. play on my mind as a sort of this character should never it's be one done. of the reasons why i didn't watch this yeah I just can't. I don't know what it is about her. I just can't. Well, I'll tell you what then. Let's see what other people think. All right, let's do it. Let's get into the feedback. Send us your feedback. Send us your feedback. Send us your feedback. Send us your So we've done a a poll, oh. unbeknownst to you, mm. on the two stories mm. to see which one came out top. Right. So out of Nightmare of Eden and the Zygon two-parter, mm-hmm. what do you reckon the score is? There's no like indifferent. It was just those two stories. Click which one you prefer. Oh, percentage of which percentage. one? Percentage. Um, I reckon Invasion won. Zygon? Yeah. Okay. Dis, uh, sorry, Zygon Invasion, forty-five point five percent. Oh, okay. Nightmare of Eden, fifty-four point five. Right. How many votes? Uh, I don't know. About twenty-ish. Okay. Something like that. You know, round that mark. Yeah. So we got one piece of feedback this time, and this comes from Christopher Page. Fasten your seatbelts. Assuming it makes it to you before you record, you are about to discuss Nightmare of Eden. Assuming this makes it to you before you record, you are about to discuss Nightmare of Eden. I'm taking my family through all of Who, and we just recently watched this a week or so ago. Prior to sitting down to write this email, I remembered enjoying this episode, but now I am faced with saying why. I find myself struggling to come up with anything. I think there are many ideas that I like, more than all of them put together in this story. The ships sharing the same space, that's hard to say, the ships... Sharing the same space, locked in hyperspace accident, is kind of cool. A machine that can take swathes of planets and digitise them, allowing whatever is in that recording to like out its days and potentially progress and evolve, is a fantastic idea. Even the scientists using the machine without really understanding the implications is great. Maybe minus the ridiculous OTT accent, however. 
The problem, in my opinion, is that all the great and fantastical ideas are dragged down by a frankly overused and pedestrian after-school special story of some horrible previously never mentioned and never mentioned again drugs and its smugglers. Why? Surely there are other ways to tell the other bits without a drugs are bad message. Not saying drugs aren't bad and not saying that messages can't or shouldn't be in Doctor Who but don't waste all those great ideas while telling it. I'll cover the uh, New Who part. As far as New Who, I don't remember the stories you were going to talk about well enough to voice any kind of thought, but the fact that I can't remember them, even though they only aired six to seven years ago, while I can remember some of the minute details of stories that aired 20 to 30 years ago, might be telling. Let me put upon you some trivia about your last discussion. You mentioned a line from the Doctor where he knew about Rose's bicycle on her birthday, alluding he was Father Christmas. It is weirder than that, or it almost was. The early idea with Davis and the writers was that the Doctor, after having grown tired of his friends and companions, leaving him after they had tired of their travels, was to have him effectively groom Rose to be the perfect companion. He silently coerced and manipulated her life so once they met, she would never want to leave him. Fortunately, cooler heads prevailed and Stalker Doctor never fully <laughs> fully materialised. But a few lines here and there's still, there's still a hint at what might have been. Okay, back to work for me. I've been enjoying the show and look forward to you touching on some of my favourite stories where I will again inundate you with paragraphs. Well... That's great. Thanks for that, Chris. Thank you, Chris. I like a nice wordy email. Yeah, I like it as well. I like it. Feels like he's there. Yeah. You know, in the room. That was good, that. That was. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for that bit of feedback. So, I think all that is left for us to do now is to say which stories we're doing next. Okay, so I'll go first. We're going to head back to season 10, the anniversary year. Oh, with uh, John Pertwee. I was struggling to think of which early Doctor story to pick, so yeah. I thought I'd do this one. So this is Season 10, Serial 1, The Three Doctors. Ooh, okay. Time itself is in peril. The Time Lords find themselves besieged by a mysterious enemy. Vital cosmic energy is draining into a black hole, and the Doctor is their only hope. Trapped in the TARDIS, however, he is powerless, the only way out is to break the first law of time to let the Doctor help himself. Literally. John Pertwee, Patrick Troughton, William Hartnell star in The Three Doctors. John Pertwee. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I've heard a lot about that. Um, What made you choose that one? Uh, literally, I was struggling to pick an early Doctor story, so I thought, well, I'll just put them all in one. Right, okay. <laughs> I was going to pick the arc, but I didn't want to put you through that just yet. All right, so um, I think I, I had a choice before. I was going to do a Jodie one. However, I'm going to change my mind because I want to get in the theme of having multiple Doctors in. And we're going to save the 50th, aren't we? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do, and it follows quite nicely of, of how, where I'm at with uh, New Who, we're going to do Twice Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. It's going to get real Christmassy around here. Uh, we got Capaldi and we got uh, the first Doctor. 
as played came... by David Bradley. Oh, I thought he just came back. Revived him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love David Bradley. He's yeah. great. You killed my cat. Mm. I'll kill you. I'll get... You don't watch Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rather stick pins in my eyes. Right, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, twice upon a time. The Twelfth Doctor must face his past to decide his future. Nice. Succinct. Same as yours, really, isn't it? Yeah, there we go. So if you've got any feedback or comments to send us in on the Three Doctors or Twice Upon a Time, you can... Well, all the links are at the end. And I apologise for last week's episode that I gave everybody the complete wrong link for sending in audio oh. feedback. So that's been corrected. Imagine if you had um, hundreds. All of them gone to some random thing. So, yeah, but if you've got any audio feedback to send us in, you can do that on SpeakPipe. Uh, the link is at the end, and it is on our Twitter profile, where you can send in nan- uh, 90 seconds of audio feedback just from the site. You don't have to download an app or anything like that. It just does it from your phone. Uh, so, yeah, it'd be great to hear some other voices other than our rambling tones. I hate it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Three Doctors, Twice Upon a Time. Hi. Nice. Oh, I'm excited. We might do some... There'll be some more polls as well for you to oh, vote on yeah. as well. Always. Yeah. Always. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you very much. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye. You can send us your feedback and comments by contacting us on Twitter at Who Can Convince or send us an email to whocanconvinceyou at gmail.com. You can also send us some audio feedback, either as an attachment in an email, or you can visit speakpipe.com forward slash who can convince you. Be sure to leave us a rating and a review in your podcast platform to help people find us. realised that she drove it, oh, it was nothing, due yesterday oh there's nothing worse than that yeah. I remember getting up one morning thinking right I'll go to the shop I thought oh shit insurance is due today oh. and they were bastards as well they stung me for no reason why your insurance is going up this year no it isn't I don't think so oh do you not renew with someone else yeah yeah I do I did that this time right yeah I was with Admiral Oh, nice. And uh, last year I forgot, I completely forgot about my insurance and they charged me. What the fuck is that? Oh, just some. Just something revving outside. Um, Yeah, Admiral last year. And they charged me. 1100 Um, What do you pay on average now for your insurance? Well. How long have you been driving? Put it that way. Uh, this is my. Year? It's my seventh. Right. 
Um, but yeah, I completely forgot last year. So this year, um, I remembered, and they were going to charge me like nine hundred pound, yeah. nine hundred and forty something. And I thought, right, I'll have a look. Probably won't get, you know, amazing deal. Yeah, going somewhere else. Um, and I found with LV, I think it is, mm. four hundred pound. Brilliant. I know. That's and really I got good. Better insurance as well, uh, with a more comprehensive cover. Mm. And uh, always go fully comp. Yeah, always go fully comp. So I spoke. I spoke to Admiral saying because it's really hard to cancel insurance. With oh them. yeah. So was like, Why are you leaving us? Yeah. Why? So well, I we can do you a better deal. No, to be fair, I think his name was um, uh, Greg, not Greg Hartley from Body Light. Um, and and I, we were in the chat. And I said to him, "Look, Greg, you know, look, I." I really appreciate what you've done for me this year. You know, it hasn't gone unnoticed, but <laughs> I'm going to leave. And Greg was like, all right, yeah, I can see that. Um, so is there anything I can do? Make it cheaper. Uh, well, I said, yeah, well, I've had a look on your website. I couldn't really find anything. So he was like, right, I'll uh, tell me what LV offered you and I'll try and do the same now. Sat there for a good 40 minutes. And go, no, we can't do that. He said, uh, well, yeah, we, uh, cheapest I can get you is £800, so... I was like, right. Bye. Yeah. So I was like, oh, sorry about that, Greg. So I was like, no worries. And then I say, well, he says, is there anything else I can help you with today? So I was like, no, thank you. That'll be all. So I was just about to say, oh, thanks for your help, though. And, you know, stay safe. Ended the chat. Ended the chat before Bastard. I had to say anything. It's like, right. So fuck off, Admiral. Insurance. I won't be going with you. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's as bad when, you know, when you wave at someone for letting you pass. Yeah, and they don't wave you back. And they don't wave you back. You it's like, right. Fuck you then. The th- do you know what? Insurance is dreadful. Like it's so expensive. My first year's driving seven years ago mm. for a one point two Corsa was one thousand one hundred and eleven pounds. And that's before inflation. All the ones, right? So I had that car mm. and then I switched to a Fiat Punto after my Corsa got stolen. No, and then I got I never knew that. Yeah, yeah, it got stolen, set on fire. No. Yeah. Oh, pray tell. What happened? I was at a gig. Right. And we drove to the gig. Mm. I took all my gear out of the back of the car. Good. Imagine. Pa- yeah, parked the car, mm-hmm. locked it, went in, came out at the end of the night, the car wasn't there. That feeling. What was the feeling? I just thought I hadn't parked it. Okay. <laughs> I was just looking for it. Yeah, so it got stolen. And mm. then the police found it, set on fire. So anyway, so I switched to a Ponto. Oh, sorry and then I switched to the van. Mm. Now, van insurance, I'm sure everybody's riveted, but van insurance is different to car insurance. Right. So my insurance on the on the Punto had come down to about 600 quid, okay. I think. And then I bought the van. You got no claims? I took my... You can't transfer your no claims from to a, a car van. to a van. But did you have no claims prior? Yeah, I did, yeah. Nice, nice. But I had to lose those yeah. to transfer... To, Take out van insurance. Right, so you had to start again. Yeah, I had to start again. Right. Well, if you buy a car now, do you still have that no, cl- no claims? Don't think so. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, they're bastards, the ass, aren't they? So I bought the van. Mm-hmm. How much do you reckon the insurance went up? It was like 600 quid, 650 quid. 1,500. Yeah. Dead but, on? Yeah, 1,400 and something right. for my first year of the van. Yeah. And this year, 800 and right. something. So what did, where do we get to? The van. Yeah, so the van. Uh, yeah, the insurance. They just stink. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And the wor- the other one is um, breakdown cover. 
Have you got breakdown cover? Uh, I have breakdown cover. Is it I, included with your policy? Yep. Wow. And it's up. I think I have to pay like two hundred fifty pound if I get in a crash. Oh, your excess. Yeah. yeah. And see the breakdown. Fully cover, comp though. Fully comp. Yeah. The breakdown cover. I always take out a separate policy hmm. because if you're more than like twenty miles from home, you have to pay per mile to get back home. If yeah, I saw that wrong. in mine, and it's it's oh, it's over that. Yeah, and if if I was if when I've been at a gig hmm. miles away, yeah. I just think. God, if anything happens now, it's going to cost me a fortune mm. to get home. So I take out a policy with um, full UK home return. I think it's worth it. Mm. I know, I thought that. Uh, bleach. Have you? Yeah. It's very, it's like washing up liquid. Yeah, I have. Bleach doesn't do that. Yeah. Bleach. There's bleach tablets for the toilet that you put in the system. I don't like it. I mean, it's nearly overflowing with bubbles. Yeah. yeah. But I like it because I, before I just took some out. And... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with, <laughs> with the breakdown cover, I think it's important to have... Um, Take you home, full UK. Mm. Guess how much my UK breakdown cover is, right? Return anywhere from ho- anywhere in Britain to home. Um, roadside assistance mm. breakdown at home. How much do you reckon? Two fifty per year. Yep. Nope. Fifty. Twenty four ninety nine. No. Yeah. You just got to look around, it's and then worse, you go to RAC it? when they're standing outside Morrison's yeah. or like the AA when they buy the co op. Like, oh, we can get you a good deal, eight like hundred and something quid a, a year. And then and when I've hey, stopped hey, to, more like arsehole eccentrics. That's an E. <laughs> uh, so um <laughs> RAC more like right arsehole cunt. Cunt, yeah. Cunts. And um yeah, when they say to you, Have you got breakdown cover? Yeah, how much do you pay? Oh, twenty odd quid. Yeah, I bet you don't get a lot for that though. No, you you can't get that for that price. Well, I'm sorry. But I have. Mm. And I got a free key ring. No. So, yeah. It's well worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. 